0: What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we're doing a Super 7 for the mighty, mighty Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, helping out, we're going to have Dan, Rob Moran, and Clevo. And so on this episode, you might be missing one, Mr. Ben Edge, a.k.a. Bedge. But uh, Ben, you're helping out on another podcast, right?
1: Yeah, I'm actually um, subbing on a podcast called end on end a podcore journey through the entire discord catalog so it's one of these podcasts where um you know each episode is about a different uh, release by a record label so this is discord and they've already gotten up to 1986 so i am going to be talking about gray matter the record is called take it back the take it back ep by gray matter from 1986 on discord and uh, I'm actually subbing for the next four or five weeks, so there are more episodes on the way, and they come out on Mondays, just like 185 My miles South. Yes,
0: yeah, so if you listen to this podcast, and you're like, fuck, I need more hardcore talk after two hours or so of Cleveland, Ohio. And you're also like, man, Dan, Rob, and Clevo are all sick as fuck, but I need some bedge. You got to head over and listen to End on End. Those episodes come out every Monday, just like this one, and check it out. Also, if you go to 185milesouth.com, I got some merch up. So there's beanies out now. And uh, if you want to get a 185 beanie, you can handle business. I hate doing mail order. So I don't want to keep the store up for long. I'll keep it up for a couple of weeks. So if you want one, grab it soon. Otherwise, that shit is coming down, and don't ever bother me for merch again. What's up with that? But if you want to support the pod, please subscribe to it wherever you listen to it. Also, please take the time to like it, rate it, review it wherever you listen to it. If you want to go the extra mile, you can go to patreon.com slash 185 miles south and become a monthly patron. These are the people that keep the podcast alive. One dollar gets you behind the paywall and we do bonus podcasts basically for every interview podcast and uh, have some buddies on. We talk about that interview and we go through the catalog of the person that was interviewed. So check that out and let's get on with the pod.
2: 185 miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast.
0: What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are doing Super 7 playlists for Cleveland, Ohio. What's up? Uh, help me out. You know him, you love him. He is the man that is so bummed that Star Hate Edge is not on Spotify it's dan sant what's up dan
2: <laughs> you're right and wrong at the same time
0: <laughs> yeah Uh also helping out it is rob moran from the vows what's up rob hey how are you uh, also helping out it's a man who might have to need na- he might have to change his name to nashville if he doesn't win uh the super seven contest it is clevo from tenure fight and stop and think what's up clevo
1: Hey, what's going on? That's that's just a lot of undue pressure on me tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're the one with the name, dude. You know. So, what are we going to do? Anyway, I, I, I shall do my best. <laughs> that's all we can hope for. We're all going to try to do our best. I think this episode is either going to be great or it's going to be a total travesty. But uh we'll find out over the next 90 minutes or 2 hours. Daniel, can you explain to everyone what uh the Super 7 is?
2: Yeah, so what we do is we each pick a song going in order in a very fantasy football type way um so we've rolled some dice to see who goes in what order and the order is going to be myself clevo rob and zach i won (laughs) straight edge i win again um and so what happens is i will take a song it doesn't mean the band is off the the band is out of business. You know, anyone can take other songs from that band, but that particular song is taken and we go along and we try and get, you know, what we think is representative of the best Cleveland hardcore playlist. Um, And then we uh, later on post it for the listeners to have a vote on and stab me in the back.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, there'll be a playlist for the episode we'll put up on Spotify. You can find a playlist for every episode at 185 miles and check that out. And we try to mostly pick stuff that's on Spotify so everyone can listen to it. But sometimes when you're going old stuff's not on there. So uh, we'll see what happens as we go on. But uh, Daniel, you got the number one pick. So what is the greatest song in uh, the history of Cleveland punk and hardcore? No pressure. I know it's
2: it's a lot of pressure, but the answer is obvious. The answer is unilaterally true. The answer is those who fear tomorrow. Misha! That's the number one pick. And if anybody else was in this position and didn't choose that, I question your credentials. (laughs) what to say about this song i mean if you heard it playing down the street and you were like walking your dog you pick your dog up and then jump through someone's window and just start moshing them i think that's (laughs) the best way to describe what this song makes you want to do and the vocals on it are so good because he the way dwid delivers vocals can be anywhere from the most brutal, blah blah blah. But I think the thing that sets him apart from anyone else is when he does the "I'll take you down," what on what you know, and do- gets really low and guttural, and then goes "Don't know shit about me." Like it, the way he goes up and down and whispery, and it's perfect. And the bass, once the Misha part is is just, I mean, we we were talking about. Uh, potentially doing a a super seven of like riffs, (laughs) like recognizable riffs. That would be the one of the Mount Rushmore of hardcore riffs, just that bass, And it obviously influenced someone who's on this pod quite heavily. Bass sound wise, this band.
0: Yeah. Rob, is that true? Did you, did you try to capture this tone?
3: I, I was never really an integrity fan be honest oh what we're
0: we're starting I'm, off I'm, this
3: I'm, spot I'm, on a on a bit of lies <laughs> 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 uh yeah I, daniel's correct i mean i think that i mean this song it, it was definitely one of my top two um from integrity but it encompasses everything you need to know about integrity and and Um, the feeling you get when listening to integrity like that song has it all it's it's angry it's mean it has despair in it and just the end when he screams you motherfuckers like oh oh my god it is so good and yes the bass tone uh was was very influential in um in how i wanted to sound um you know, I don't think I ever achieved that bass tone by any means. Um, but yeah, that was something I always uh, was was influential on me as a bass player. Absolutely.
0: Well, this song also has one of those great like integrity apocalyptic leads in it. It's so perfect, like before it comes back into like the final verse. And Daniel did a great job of explaining uh, how great Dwid's voice is because he has so much range without ever like singing. Like it's yeah. always going to be like brutal, but he can go from like a whisper to a yell and he's got al- a lot of range in there. It's always menacing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Always I,
1: mean. I, I think that, you know, this album as a whole, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this album a couple more times tonight. So, um, but this album as a whole, um, you know, I was thinking about it cause I listened to, I listened to a lot of the integrity back catalog leading up to this. And um, you know, I, I, I ride pretty hard for, for all, all Melnick era integrity. Um, but this album going from the, the seven, the demo and the seven inch, which, you know, is, is in hindsight is not great at the time. Um, you know, I thought it was, I, I thought it was everything when I first heard it, but um, this kind of bridges the gap towards getting into, um, you know, systems overload where, it starts and it's just like a solo straight through whereas (laughs) this has this has um the, the the thing that jumped out to me is that this album just has an urgency to it like all the songs just are like just the way they 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 come at you and 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 they are powerful and like you know this album just starts off with with yelling misha after after you know the, the, the sample and, and then the base. And it, it just like, it just like comes at you so heavy, but I think it kind of bridges that gap where it's still, it's still integrity. It's still really hardcore, but it's just taking, taking those ideas from the, from the seven inch in the demo and just like, just taking them so much further and, and doing so much more with them.
2: Yeah. And think about that seven inch in the demo. Like you say, it, it's in hindsight, not as good as, uh, you know what came forward but only because we had what came after you know if that band ended after the seven inch it'd still be legendary you know like and also what a signpost turner in hardcore this band is like after this i mean arguably hardcore goes metal on on a major major uh, slant because of this band
3: yeah, and, like, Quibre. a different kind of metal, though. I mean, not so much, like, the crossover metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. happening, right? It's a different kind of metal. It, it took what Judge was kind of alluding to and made it even heavier, you yeah. know? And it took it took kind of more of that Sepultura type of metal, um, you know, and, and just made it brutal and, and, and heavy. And, and, it was great. Yeah, and then added on
2: the, the evilness that was coming out of, like, things like black metal and death metal without sounding alike it you know
1: i i think that this is still it's still firmly rooted in that judge cromag's tradition though whereas you're gonna see as they go on into systems overload into into the 10 inch that it's like there's such a japanese hardcore influence on them as they go forward and i don't think that that japanese influence is on them at this point i mean it's still like like uh without looking it up i'm pretty sure this came out did this come out before or after like wind of pain cuz i think that that you know there's going to be a lot of similarities kind of in those albums um but yeah it it doesn't really have um it's it's still really firmly rooted in hardcore and i think it's as, as much as it's more of a metallic hardcore album it's not as much of a metal record as they kind of as they kind of get to in like seasons of the size of days
0: yeah, this is ninety one, wind of pain is ninety-two. Yeah. Um but when yeah, is when
1: when is wind of change?
0: Wind of pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's metal. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an interesting take, Clevo, because like to get influenced by something like Bastard, you know, a year later, which is just raging hardcore, like at the same time they go more metal. You know, yeah. it's it's interesting. But yeah, there is some of that like that vibe that comes into it. Anyway, this is a this is a great first pick, obviously. Um and I believe is it Clevo or Rob is next, Dan? Clevo. Clevo, he, let's go to you won, for your number one. He
1: won the roll off.
0: Oh, how about that? All right, Clevo, let's go.
1: <laughs> um, so first off, because of the way that this is set up, and because of the lack of stuff that's on Spotify, that actually wouldn't have been my first pick, Dan. Uh, my first pick, which I'm glad is still there, is "Confront One Life Drug Free."
0: God damn it! <laughs> it's the one confront song on Spotify. It's the
1: only confront song on Spotify. <laughs> hey, but you you don't have
2: to pick Spotify necessarily. You know, well, you don't have to go that way.
1: Either way, I, I'm, yeah. try, I'm trying to I'm trying to stick to it. He's doing it for uh, the people.
2: Yeah, but he's taken my goddamn
1: (laughs) (laughs) prayer. This was on my list too, dude. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would assume that this, that I was really worried that, that this was going to go before I had a chance to pick. So, um, confront, um, for me, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm Clevo. I'm from Cleveland. Um, you know, I got into hardcore when confront was a band. Um, confront had a huge influence on me. Um, you know, with straight edge and with hardcore. And, you know, this, this band was, was basically for a kid in the Midwest in, in the eighties, this band was my youth of today. Like, like youth of today was, you know, great and like super influential and everything to me, but like, these were guys that I saw at shows. These are guys that I hung out with, um, you know, and it was just really important to me, just a really important band to me to be like, to be like a straight up straight edge, hardcore, like, like a East coast hardcore band that played in my backyard. Um, so I, I owe, I owe a lot of my exposure to hardcore to them. And I owe a lot of, a lot of just everything that got me in, kept me into hardcore. You know, I got from, from going to confront shows, listening to the records, hanging out with those guys. So it was, you know, huge band for me growing up.
0: This song is great too because it basically just has two tempos, which is like the raging fast like scissor beat, and then like leaning into kind of like an SSD like mid tempo. Mm -hmm. So good, and an
1: epic sing along.
0: Yes, yeah, I mean crucial. Dan, why were you gonna pick this?
2: Um. Everything that's been said, plus lyrical content, plus the term "one life drug free" that has lived on way beyond the realm of them. Do you know what I mean? Like some people will say that as a, or even have it as a, you know, like a in their bio on Tinder or something.
0: Yeah, a yearbook,
1: <laughs> but not know who Confront is, you know. Um are, so, you, are you are you swiping right when you see One Life Drug Free Dan?
2: Oh, f- for sure. <laughs>
1: um the, but I
2: mean it's a powerful song and I mean I love uh Steve's vocals in in uh all three realms, you know? Um and here's like the start of it which is kind of like It's just hard, snub-nosed, like, mean youth crew, you know, at this point. And then, you know, as we see the progression of what the Cleveland mixing melting pot does to the sounds going forward, you know. That's why I really like it. And it's just because it's tough, mean youth crew, straight edge music,
0: you know. It is a little bit meaner than like a lot of the youth crew. Yeah. You know, it's like they swam one too many times in the, in the lake. You know, I think That's it's more sort of bug just, in the year.
2: It's just, I don't think like super nice stuff have come out of, uh, you know, super positive stuff, maybe commit. Well, we'll, we'll get there, but Cleveland just seems mean. Well,
1: well, you know, it's um when you hear the stories about youth of today and, you know, when they, you go to New York and it's like you're not gonna bring that straight edge shit to New York. Cleveland is a very not straight edge, straight edge city. It's like it's like it's a working class blue collar, like especially, especially like if you go back to the 80s, it's just a very working class, like like it's it's a heavy drinking town. And yeah. you know, and also thinking about these songs, these are only five, six, seven years after minor threat. Straight edge is still relatively new um you know and and a lot of people still resent it uh, at at that time hence hence the band's name you know the name
2: is talking about that
1: um i mean we did have we did have a great we had a great hardcore scene in the eighties, uh, largely because of confront too, though, because they were friends with all the revelation bands. Um, side note, when I was doing research for this, I was, I read somewhere that capo actually offered confront to be on revelation and they turned it down. Cause they weren't like there yet. I don't know how true that is. Um, well, they toured with them a few times, right? They played, they played, they played a ton of shows with them. Like, like Capo took them out. There's that video where Capo, you know, is wearing the confront shirt on stage. At, I think the Anthrax. Um, but uh, because those guys and that crew were all friends with with the Revelation bands and whatever, we had great shows. Um, you know, throughout like '88, '89, excuse me, '90, where all those bands came to Cleveland and played. I mean, Project X played how many shows? They played two shows in Cleveland. So like we br- like we had, I, I was spoiled because I got to see, I didn't wasn't in New York. I wasn't in Boston. You know, I never went to CBs. I never went to these clubs, but I got to see these bands when I was like 15, 16 years old, which was great. That's cool. When was your first show? First show, like the first show I went to in a club would have been...
2: 86 or 87. God, that's cool. <laughs> you and Rob are kindred spirits.
3: Other sides um, of the country, though. Okay. And speaking what you, of Rob, what do
2: you have to say about Confront Rob?
3: Yeah. Yeah. This band fucking rages. Great song. Great pick. Um, yeah. I, I always looked at them as kind of how I looked at, like, the in contrast to Sin, Seven Inches. I mean, not that it's the same genre, but I looked at it as like just negative hardcore, negative youth crew type stuff is what I had written down about Confront. Like they had the DNA of youth crew, but it was angry. It was mean. It wasn't um, it it was not posy in any way. And uh, side fact, actually, uh, very few people know this, but Eric Allen actually had a Confront tattoo on his arm. He had the one life drug free guy. Yeah. Um, so on sick. his arm. Yeah. So, yeah, that band is, you know, we all like that band out here. Um, you know, I never got to see them play. Um, I got to see a lot of Cleveland bands, but but not them. Um, but, yeah, they're absolutely a, a great band.
0: Rob, let's go to you for your number one.
3: Uh, my number one, um, on the only, the strong comp I'm going face value someday. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. I fucking band is awesome. Um, every iteration I I got to see them a few times. I got to play with them a couple times with them broken. Um, once at a boxing ring in Omaha, Nebraska to like 60 kids, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but it was awesome, you know, getting to meet Tony and the rest of the guys. And they were so nice and welcoming and funny and cool. And he kept calling us uh, California Jacuzzi Crew was his nickname for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, it, you know, I could have easily gone with more integrity songs, but I have a feeling we're going to talk about integrity to death. So I wanted to really yeah, snatch bad. up. Okay. I called Uh-oh. my dad. Sorry. Then, what is I- it? I don't know what the hell's
2: going on. Uh, (laughs) I think I sat on my phone (laughs) and it just went haywire.
0: Yeah. This is a great pick. This whole, this whole seven inch, we're doing it like uh, pretty soon. If it hasn't already aired on
3: side, a side B Um, and this song is a total rager. Yeah. It's great. Uh, Face value is great band. Tony Erba is a great front man. funny front man his great interviewee and and, and a good bass player
0: <laughs> wow. yeah the two the two interviews that he did with turned out a punk are like two of my inspirations for doing this podcast like him and Damien those are like some of the best like hours of interviewing I've ever heard of my life you know the dude just has a gift of gab
2: yeah he's and he has the ability to be um really honest and uh myth-busting, you know, in some of the interviews about, oh, well, I heard this about Cleveland. Well, let me just tell you, he's just a, a you know, blah, 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 blah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we'll get into face value more also, because uh, there's a lot of bands that are going to get repeated on here. But uh we'll see. And thank you guys all uh, for not taking my number one pick, which is uh Mean Streak, final word off this segment oh. as well. Um. <laughs> I was so scared this was going, but I got it. This song has like, first off, that mosh at the end, that riff. So ill. And his voice, so mean. This band name, so perfect. Just everything about this song is a total rager. And it's the only song they ever put out. And so I got lucky. With my number four pick, getting to have this, um, so good, Daniel, yeah. or who was the, who was the guy that went? Ah, me. <laughs> How did you not think I was going to take this in the first round?
2: <laughs> because I thought you were going with Dario Stomp. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, everything you said about it is it's that it's that <laughs> next step down into more mean more you know kind of sneering tough as fuck like you know it takes what was going on in confront and then goes a little step closer to nastiness <laughs> and it sounds so good and yeah the riff and the sing sing-along-ish part at the end and it's such a good song it's my favorite song on the on that comp
0: yeah, so good. The verses are kind of weird. Like I don't know anything else that sounds like and then, then, like the chorus is bringing in, yeah so. it's
1: it's weird. Like bands that only record one song are just such an enigma to me anyways because like to to go to like do all the stuff that you have to do to go to a studio and just be like, oh, we're just gonna record one song, especially like hardcore songs. So like how long is this song? like a minute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Like, like all the effort to go to a studio and to record like a minute's worth of music is just like, um, and also I'm going to assume that this was recorded at Mars and Mars studio was like in the middle of nowhere. Like, like the effort to get to Mars would have been enough to like, we're recording one minute of music here. Yeah, like, but it wasn't it weird back then when like labels that
2: were going to put out a comp would give small budgets for bands to go do that and they're like fuck yeah. <laughs>
1: it's or just did crazy or
2: no other songs aired,
1: you know. So this is this is funny because the, like this band existed, you know, when I was there. I have no idea who's in this band besides Steve. I yeah. assume I assume chubbs is in the band too, but like I have no idea who else is in this band. Like I, they didn't play shows. They didn't like, so it was probably also like, Oh, we're going to be integrity was probably in the studio and they probably recorded this with like, and at a time when integrity was there or something, you know, like, um, but yeah, I have, I have positively no idea about any of this. So um, I got nothing to add, except that this is a great song and I wish there was more.
2: Yeah, it must have been at the end of some other band's recording session. You know, that, yeah, I, I, no, well, I don't know that for sure, but you know,
1: I'm gonna assume just because I, I, again, I have no idea who's actually in Mean Streak and I don't have the seven inch in front of me to, to look it up. Um, but like, uh, I, just, isn't it, is it, um, like, like the Integrity guys and with just Steve singing?
0: Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. I think I have three versions of the 7-inch, but none have the booklet.
3: <laughs> so, um,
0: motherfuckers always taking out the insert and not putting them back. What the hell?
3: Well, maybe maybe that's the whole point of the band, right? The song's the final word. So it's like one song, <laughs> that's it. Like it was yeah. a concept band. <laughs> I mean, it's the same time as Confront too, right? Because Confront does
0: two comp songs in 90. This is 1990. Confront 7-inch comes out in 91. So I mean, they could be recorded at the same time as Confront as well.
1: So I'm I'm on Discogs, and every band is listed on on here except for Insight and Mean Streak. Doesn't say who's in the band, so we'll there never you know. Go.
0: We'll never know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's wrap back to Daniel for his uh, number two.
2: All right. I'm psyched that this is still here. <laughs> Integrity. Abraxas Annihilation.
0: (laughs) Greatest riff ever, possibly. Uh,
2: Yeah, I'm saying that part where it goes from the slow part and then it hits double time. If that has not moved you, both physically and mentally, um, and let you know that hardcore is probably the greatest thing on the planet, then you don't have hardcore in your heart. this song is so good and this this song as well as some others but this song is at the top of the pyramid to let you know that the 10 inch is the best integrity release
0: debatable but it's great very
2: debatable (laughs) his
0: voice when he comes in on that riff part when the, the main riff is going slow yeah. He's like, oh my god, his voice right there is the greatest. And then yeah, that tempo change when it goes to the halftime. <laughs> uh, <that'll be laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like the <laughs> pinnacle of like everything you try to write as a hardcore songwriter, you know, and they did it. And then like, I'm such a sucker for milking a riff. Like to just make it sound so rad both ways, it's like, oh, yeah. So good.
2: And apparently yeah. uh Frank Threegum wrote. The music to this song, uh, not the Melnicks, because I, I once on social media was lauding the Melnicks for this, and including not only uh, the greatest back cover live photo ever. I was going to get to that. Doing straight up triple youth crew jumps at Warped Tour. Um, <laughs> the fact that um, I was talking about oh my god this riff blah 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 on a instagram post like six or seven years ago or something and mike cheese called me out he goes actually it was frank who wrote the riff and blah 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 blah. and i was like oh okay thank you mike
0: (laughs) yeah and if you didn't correct your post in the next 30 seconds you're getting stabbed with a hot dog
1: (laughs) (laughs) so uh, a lot like a lot like black flag it's like when you think about like black flag lineups like what's your quintessential what's your quintessential black flag lineup like what's your quintessential integrity lineup like
2: is the this it the ten, the 10 inch the 10 inch i mean everybody who was in that photograph
0: <laughs> 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 yeah you know finding out that that, that photo was taken at warp tour like bummed me out i only found really? out about it last year because like before it, it added so much mythology to like this band for me like what the why fuck are like, they how, under why a bridge are they playing a, a show under a bridge like this is yeah. so ill but it's so, like oh it's warped tour. they really blocked off like a block or something you know
1: dude dude that's cleveland man you playing the bridges get with
0: it <laughs> yeah man um yeah and quintessential lineup fuck who knows like I like the whole Melnick ride. And I don't know who comes in, in and mm-hmm. out, like when Blazes in and when he's not.
1: There's so. like there's because like uh Chris Smith, who um is in Keel Hall now, um, was in a bunch of other bands that I'll probably talk about at some point tonight. Um, but he plays second guitar on Those Who Fear Tomorrow. And um Chubbs plays drums on Those Who Fear Tomorrow, but then after Chubbs is out, um Dave Araka, who was in a band with Chris, uh, he he passed away, um, like in the, like quite a while ago. Um, that's that's my favorite lineup is the Dave Araka, Chris Smith, Melnick, Dwid. Um, that that's just that's that's the lineup for me. But
2: what's your go to psy warfare lineup?
1: <laughs> Again, who's 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 in psy warfare? Like I don't I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're always wearing ski masks. <laughs>
0: yeah. Cleaver, let's go to you for your number two.
1: I'm actually amazed that this is still here. Um, speaking of Frank Three Gun, I'm going to go Ringworm, Numb, Blind to Faith.
4: Yeah. So the sick. opening so track sick.
1: on The Promise. Um, yeah. Uh, so Ringworm, speaking of bands that only have one song, Ringworm comes out of... Um, comes out of another band called force of habit who have one song and they're on the, uh, the conversion comp in 1990 um, which is also a great song. Um, and it's also not on Spotify. Cause I would have picked that. Um, but uh, you know, the, the main, the main people, you know, Frank, Frank and James come out of that and start ringworm and ringworm is integrity. It was going one way with, you know, inserting metal into hardcore. And then you have Ringworm kind of going another way where they're also inserting um, you know, some more like blast beats and more like grindcore feel to the band. Um, you know, also while being like crazy kiss worshipping maniacs. So that convergence of of metal core and grindcore and and being like crazy kiss fans just kind of all comes together on 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 this this record like the promise i i hold the promise up against against any other cleveland record front to back um you know it'd be hard to beat um this with that just that opening there is no god into into a riff um you know with a great intro and then like right into um just like right into the song and and you know james human furnace just his vocal delivery And it is just so, just so there. It's like that, it's like that higher pitched, um, that higher pitched vocals that just kind of comes in and cuts through the music and just like, just like hits you.
3: Yeah, I had this on my list um, as well. I mean, I think that it's so, it's just, I, I have written down like pissed off rock and roll. Like it is so rocked out, but angry with it with that metallic heavy hardcore influence and yeah his vocal delivery is like nobody else and it fits the music so well um you know i've talked about it before with like other singers who use their voice as an instrument like this is a prime example of his voice as an additional instrument on on these songs i mean it's it's yeah it's great
1: so he doesn't do it on this song but he's one of the i don't know if he's the first but i feel like he's one of the first that i noticed that stacks his vocals where he would record first line third line and then go back and do second line fourth line on another take because like and it's on um it's just the is it urine or uh it's the second song on the LP that he that the 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 vocal lines are just stacked on top of each other in such a way that it's like, but they still come at you because he's not recording them all in one breath and all in one burst, they just keep coming at you and it's just like pummeling and it's just like a total assault of the vocals, which works so
0: well. Yeah, because urine is when they're just going full like scissor beat and just coming at you too. Um, but back to what you chose the numb, blind of faith, like this intro is out of this world. And, you know, Rob referred to like a great singer using like his voice as an instrument. I, I want to talk about the guitars here using their instruments as instruments, like in a way of, <laughs> in a way of like this intro, a thing they do is it's very rhythmic in the way that they're not like writing a riff, like on the intro. And it's like, da, 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 da you know, that's two notes. And it's so ill. And then the tiny little change up when they go like, and then to the, and that's like a a stomp part. It's the earliest thing I can think of that goes to that, like keeping the drums the same tempo, but changing the guitar riff to like that stomp trial did it really well. And then I've used it, that little trick in like every band I've ever done. Um, And this is the earliest example of me seeing that. Um,
1: you, you know what it's reminiscent of because it's like, they're playing the same riff, but they're like, they're just picking it and muting it differently is, is the leeway intro where it's like the leeway intro, yes. like, like, like sometimes it's open and it's like, but then it's just like, it's the same riff. They just, they just approach it a different way every time they play it. And it just keeps you off your feet. Yes. Uh, you know, like just keeps you a little bit off balance. Cause every time it comes in and they're just picking it a little bit differently. And it, it makes a very simple riff interesting.
0: I think that's a perfect example because it's the exact same thing that they do. They're just changing the riff like a tad bit to make it interesting, but not like fucking it up, you know? And then also just we're talking about blind to faith real quick on those choruses When they do like that quick little double kick, the on the or whatever he says, like, Oh my God, this, this record is so good, because there's so many like little things like that that they put like this attention to detail in, but then they can have like a song like Urine, which you were referring to, or yeah, it's just full fucking Yolo, like,
3: yeah, or like a song like Flatline that has that just crazy breakdown towards the end. that's like fucked up riff, you know that's like stoner rock, but kind of brutal it's it's really cool. It's a great right. album, yeah, a great choice
1: this album front to back. And also I want to give a shout out to the demo too, because um, you know, if you take numb away from, from this, I probably would have picked the demo version just to have the Hellraiser music. Um, but the, the demo, the demo, the, the, the ringworm demo has the Hellraiser music in between. So it's like the Hellraiser music plays and it's like the songs are in between the Hellraiser music. And then it goes back to that. And it's just like, adds this like, creepy vibe that I think is, you know, not to say like the creepy core, but it's just like it just adds like this layer of like it's like metal core and it's bringing in all these other things um from from those outside worlds that we talked about with integrity too. and it's like you know integrity and ringworm kind of coming out the same around the same time with these things is just really like just pushing things forward. Um, some would say maybe not in in a great way,, uh, you know, because it does become a little more metallic, but um they're just they're just like pushing the envelope with this music
2: well you yeah. know there's a well well uh well said thing that you know lots of critics or whatever have said about you know brutal voices in the past that it sounds like you know they're ripping their vocal cords apart, but like I swear that there's blood in the bottom of his throat after <laughs> after these uh tracks were recorded because. His voice sounds literally like just the term shredding, you know? (laughs) Not shredding like solos, like literal shredding, like Hellraiser shredding.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Rob, let's go to you for your number two. Uh,
3: I am going to go with also... Actually, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to I'm going to take a left turn here. Sorry, I'm going to go with the Dead Boys, uh, Sonic Reducer. I mean, I know. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I mean, there's so many integrity songs. I, I mean, this could be just be an integrity podcast. So I I'm going to pick stuff that I think other great things about Cleveland, and obviously they have a bedrock punk scene, right? Like with um, with with bands like this and um and others that i won't name in case they get chosen but um yeah i mean this song is is a classic it is a punk staple Stiff baiters i mean it, it is awesome i know they got more popular through via the new york scene and all that but they're from cleveland and this song fucking rips and it's undeniable classic like top 10 punk song of all time for me for sure. Yeah, I it, think this is
1: on everyone's list. Number two. Everyone's list. Uh, I actually was gonna pick this last, but Ringworm was still on the table, and I took that. And I should have I, I should have I, I, I taken I actually would have taken this. I was gonna take this number one because I was worried someone was gonna take it. But then confront being the only confront song on Spotify, I took that. Um, but there's as great as the song is, um, there is a video of them playing this at CB's that is even to the
3: next level. Yeah. I mean, what year's the video? What year's the videos? Like it's is it like, um, like seventy-eight. It's, it, like it, around that? There's still tables in CB's, so that's how long wow. it is. Jeez.
1: Um, And this guy comes out, this guy comes out and introduces them and makes a point to say that they're from Cleveland. Um, (laughs) It is
0: uh, 77. Wow. So I need to look that up. Yeah, this is absolutely great. Um, I have it on my list, but you know what? There is more than four good Dead Boys songs. I'm still going to grab some. We'll see. We will see. But, uh, Oh my God, I feel so fortunate. I got my two number ones because there were only one song. Like I had to have that mean streak song and I had one backup for this band. Um, but I wanted this song and I'm taking as my number two pick, uh, in cold blood and the song is Jesus Christ. I blew that. I am taking in cold blood and the song I'm choosing is lost in doubt. It's the fucking illest song ever. It might be the greatest song in the history of earth. Um, just the way it comes in with like the. Ding, 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 ding. It's like the wildest solo you've ever heard. And it's just so heavy. It's like the best of like what you think of with Cleveland hardcore, like the, it's but super metallic, but super brutal and everything. And it's like this fucking album, every time when retaliate does an album, the guys make fun of me. Cause I send this album through and say, Hey, here's what I want to sound like, you know, but I don't ever think that we'll attain a song like this. Um, it is just so ill. And you know, the solo is so good because they play it twice. You know, it's like, they come back and play the same solo twice. And I can't think of many songs that do that. Uh, there's a 15 song called lucky and like they have a great solo on there and they play it twice, but uh this one's there and it has like this long interlude in the middle where it just goes like ding, 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 ding for like a long time and builds back up to the solo. It's so fucking good. This is a perfect metal hardcore song. I absolutely love it. I've listened to the song more times than maybe, you know, a lot of songs like this is like, top 20 song of any genre for me. Um, I just thought that Mean Streak song would get chosen sooner. So I took that first. This is my number one Clevo song for sure. And uh, yeah, if people haven't heard it, you can check it out on the playlist. Um, are you guys all familiar with this?
1: Yeah, this the fact that this record isn't more revered, is kind of shocking. Um, you know, the it it's on it came out on Victory. You know, it's... It's still in that time where integrity, you know, still had sort of this mysteriousness slash popularity around them, Um, and you know, it's just, I'm just really shocked that it's not more well-known. Um, I do know that I bought this when it came out and I had it on colored vinyl and I have no idea what I did with my copy. So I don't think I would have sold it, but maybe I traded it. Um, cause I went to actually look for this record the other day to listen to it as we were setting up for this. And I have no idea where it went. Um, But, you know, when we were talking before about how integrity kind of goes from, you know, a straight up hardcore band to a metal hardcore band to being more influenced by outside stuff, I think that this too, which kind of shows the range of, of, um, you know, the Melnicks is that, you know, writing, I I don't know how much of this he wrote, but this has, you know, like the cover art is definitely very like Japanese hardcore kind of inspired, but also it has that discharge vibe to it that is, you know. You know, you, I'm sold. Like you, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna pull off a discharge vibe and do it well, I'm sold every time.
0: Yeah, this song, this album has so many like brutal short ragers, and that's why I wanted this song so bad. Is like I think it just encapsulates like the greatest of this band. But they do have like the short blast like the song "Retaliate," the song that uh starts out the album. You know, yeah. is another one. And I I don't know if the other songs would have like summed this band up as well. Cause then they also have some like longer slow burner songs too. Um, But this album is just all around classic. I still have it on vinyl. I think I just have it on black. Um, I don't think I have this on color, but I think part of the reason why they didn't catch on Clevo and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if they ever played any shows in this iteration. Cause I think it's like, it's just blaze like writing all the songs. And then it's the singer of like, is it I don't know mushroom head, something like that? It's like some big metal band. Like so, their singer sings on it.
1: I don't know. I don't know if he sings on this or if it's something else that he sings on. But yeah, there's definitely a there's definitely a mushroom head connection. Right. Um, so I
0: think he sings on this and he's never on anything else. So like they may have never played any shows of them or something.
1: Yeah, I, I again this is sort of that whole mysterious Cleveland hardcore who the hell knows what's going on, who's in the bands, who's, you know, that's,
2: that's the way they like it.
1: Yeah. And it's like, and it's not like for lack, it's not for like lack of trying or lack of doing research. Cause I, this is kind of where I came up against the wall. Cause it's like, there's all of this stuff that there's just like, the the information is just not as accessible. And if you weren't there, you just don't know.
3: But I, I think, you know, this, this touches on kind of posts, uh, integrity, Humanity is the Devil, right? I mean, it has that Japanese, it's when they get more into Japanese hardcore. And this is a continuation of that that discharge, gizm, bastard type of vibe. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I would say it's not my like favorite thing ever, but I do like this record a lot. It, you know, I, I remember liking it a lot when it came out I haven't listened to it in probably like 10, 15 years. Um, but yeah, I, I remember liking it um, back in the day. And, you know, and also too, we, someone mentioned earlier too that it's, you know, like Japanese kind of inspired like punk graphics on the cover. And 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 um, I think one of the Melnick brothers actually did the artwork for it, was involved in the artwork for it. So I think that that connection of them kind of getting into that, that Japanese hardcore stuff, this is like an extension of that, it seems like. This man. Right,
0: because this is 98. I think Humanity is the Devil is 96-ish, 96, 97. So yeah, it, Rob's correct, and this is post-Humanity.
1: This is 98.
3: This is 98, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Humanity is the Devil is like, I think, 96, 97, maybe? Right, so this is right around the time of
0: <laughs> seasons, seasons in the Size of Days. Cool. Um What's
2: when this came out? I just thought that's the coolest band name. Like, how has no one thought of that before the Truman Capote book? Like, and it just sounds hard as fuck in cold blood, you know? Sick. So, bad.
1: so, so bad. yeah, so so Jason Popson, Jay Popson sings on this, and he went on to be a mushroom head, amongst other stuff. Um, I don't know if Melnick did the layout out it says that john piche who uh was a friend of the Melnicks, he did a zine in the 80s um it said that he did the cover um and yeah but it's you know it's the melnix it's blaze um so you you know you get that again it's dudes who played in bands together that just just click like like those those three dudes could could get in a room and probably just bang out a record like right now.
0: Yeah. So rad. Well,
2: the, the, the cover is so like age of quarrel meets discharge, you know, it's so cool.
0: That's probably a perfect way to put it. Um, Daniel, let's go to you for your number three.
2: Okay. I want a clarification from a resident Ohio expert. Am I allowed to take a band from Akron? as a Clevo choice.
1: I mean, is it it close enough? I mean, you guys took Worcester for the Boston. So yeah, Akron's closer to Cleveland than Worcester is the Boston. Okay. So
2: (laughs) I'm, I'm good then because I'm not gonna, uh, I'm, we're never going to do an Akron super seven. So (laughs) let's get them in now. Devo gates of steel. All right. This is my favorite Devo song and there are many to love but this song if you've not heard it listen to the playlist right now this song is pop well okay punk pop perfection I'm not going to say pop punk perfection um everything about it you know it's Devo were classified as being a new wave band because they didn't sound, you know, well, new wave was basically what punk was called before the term punk was widely uh, accepted. But I always think of like new wave as having a little bit more instrumentation than just the classic punk records. And I think that's what Devo do, you know, with synthesizers, Moogs and et cetera. But this is a Devo song that is heavily reliant on the guitar instead of, um, all the other technology that they utilized on many other songs. And uh, I absolutely love this song. And um, I i am really glad I got it. And I'm glad Akron was deemed acceptable.
1: Um, Devo, like, you know, however we want to classify them. Uh, one thing about Devo that, you know, is really shocking to me is that um, Jerry Casal was at, kent state at the kent state shootings so like to think about like like what does that have to do with punk i don't know but like the fact that it's kind of just like he's at the forefront like he was he was an art student i think he was an art student at kent uh when that happened but he was at kent when that happened so like he you know he's been on the fringes of of and like in the counterculture like you know for 50 i mean kent state was was over was 50 years ago so like just to think that this dude has been at like the forefront of the counterculture for that long um you know and yeah like there's like devo has you know they have they have some riffs like you know it is it is a it is a good choice and that whole like punk new wave thing whatever but
2: well they they have some riffs but this is the riff
1: yeah
3: yeah, it it sounds like a synthesized like wire or stiff little finger song, right? So it's not yeah. like it's it's not like your your you know, your claim of like that you know that DNA isn't, isn't intermingled. I mean, it, it, to me this song, I mean yeah, this song's fucking great. Devo's awesome. I I love them. You know, but yeah, this song in particular is a great choice because it does have that synthesized like this truly is like the next iteration of of where punk was kind of headed when in when synthesizers and moog started to become more prevalent um in that scene and, and you hear that i mean it's not no wave like this kind of arty new york disjointed synthesized stuff you know this is very you know it's it's rooted in pop, but it has that punk undercurrent. So you can hear that, that that wire stiff little fingers undercurrent in in, in the Devo, especially the early Devo songs. I, you know, that's what I always got from it.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like this song in particular, though, um, you know, because it's 1980, so it's it's seen what's you know, it can't help but be influenced by some of the other things around, even though Devo were highly original. You know, I think the reason I choose this song over lots of other Devo songs is because this probably has some influence from the bands you mentioned and things like that, that I love so much that have crept into the Devo sound to do more of a straightforward, awesome, like, for lack of a better term, you know, like punk pop song, you know?
1: Um, one thing I just th- thought about, I I, th- I saw this picture for the first time last week. So Devo played in San Francisco the day after the last Sex Pistols show, and I saw a picture of Devo on stage, and they're all wearing Sex Pistols shirts, which I thought was like the coolest thing.
2: That is that is cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll see I'll see if really I can cool. dig it
1: up. Um, but yeah, that's like they. I mean, they were there. Like if they play, they were playing you know, as contemporaries of the sex pistols, they were there, you know? So,
2: Oh yeah. But I mean, I think the band formed in like 74 or something. Oh yeah.
1: I they, mean. they formed, you know, they formed, you know, in the early seventies. So yeah. yeah, they're, they're, they're again, they're at, they're at the forefront of counterculture period.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Devo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clevo, let's go to you for your number three.
1: All right. Um, i'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little bit left here just because I love this song and I think it's super important. but I'm gonna take um the guns, I'm not right. Um, the guns were one of the first hardcore bands in um in Cleveland. Um, and members went on to be in a bunch of different bands. but uh, if you ask in the um if you ask like the people in the bands, most of the people in the bands that we're talking about tonight, who their favorite Cleveland band is, most of them are going to say the guns. Um, The song I'm not right is it's very, it's like, it's like a hardcore anthem. And, you know, something I kept saying over and over when we did the Boston episode was about how these songs are about being an outcast. And these songs are about, you know, not being a part of society and straight up in this song, the singer says I don't fit in society. So it's like, it's like, it's a song about being a punk. It's a song about being different. It's a song about being out there. And it's also like a straight banger. Um, so the guys from the guns um, and there was another band called the dark, which uh, you know probably we won't, no, one's going to pick anything from them. I don't think. Um, but those guys went on to be in a band called false hope, which only put out two demos and that's another band that, you know, they're probably my favorite band aside from Confront from the late 80s. Um, but the dudes from False Hope. Uh, so Dave Aracco, who I talked about before, was in the Guns, went on to be in Integrity. He was also in False Hope. And then, um, yeah, they were just in a bunch of different bands. And this song is great. And um, hopefully uh, I just turn a bunch of people onto the song because I think it is like one of the best like 80s punk hardcore songs um probably doesn't get a lot of notice um i believe it was on uh the new hope comp um but this is on spotify um and yeah i just hope people get turned on to it and, and hear it um i think it was cheap tragedies the band that erba did uh a while ago i believe they covered this i think they did a guns medley um, but I think they covered it, but still like the more people that hear the song, like a greater service I'm doing to the punk and hardcore world.
0: Yeah. This is from the new hope comp, 1983. Yeah. Uh, they had two songs on it. Um, yeah. And this song is like, okay. So it's like a mid tempo, like a, like a nervous heat breakdown tempo, but like it's, it's faster. It's like as fast yeah. as you could possibly be like, and have the guy still be able to like downstrum. Cause yeah. it's like, one of those fast, like mid tempo where the dude is just downstream the whole time. And like Cleo said, it's sick. It's about society, but these kids are like, they're like 15 or something at the time.
1: Yeah. They were like all super young. Um, they were like 14, 15. Um, I don't know how old they were when they recorded this, but yeah, they were all super young. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, a. it's also like, it's definitely of the time. Um, and, and I think black flag is probably a good comparison, um, where, uh, you know, it's kind of like, like Keith era, excuse me. I think like Keith era, black flag is a good comparison because like his voice isn't ever really like, doesn't seem strained or doesn't like, he's not screaming and you can like under, you can understand all the lyrics. Um, but like the, the riff is great. Um, and Yeah it's it is it is like a perfect song and if it would have come out of LA in 1983 it'd be a classic. Um, I think the fact that um, and this is kind of the issue that uh, you know we were talking about before we recorded is a lot of the 80s a lot of these 80s bands from Cleveland they either like you know, near the end they were recording seven inches and then like integrity like kind of took off. And then you see like you see like kind of a boom. But a lot of these bands from the 80s, they were either on comps or they just recorded a demo. And it's like they're kind of lost to lost to the ages. Um, which, you know, sucks because like um, you know, I've kind of said all along, like, I just wish someone would do would do a false hope discography. And I, you know, if those tapes exist even, um, you know, because People who know, talk about them, you know, just like, they were just great. Like they, they, they played all the shows, um, you know, like the guns were a little bit before my time. Um, I did see them once they played a reunion show and I have zero recollection of, of, of it. I was there and I watched them, but I have zero recollection of the show.
0: Well, the other thing is, I think that for at least these comp songs, it's just two dudes. I think it's like a guy playing guitar and singing in their drummer right?
1: Yeah. So it's like, um, Dave, Dave Araka, and then, um, is it Tom dark? But yeah, they're like, they're just like young kids, you know, just,
0: just,
1: just raging.
0: Yeah. But you're right. Like this is
1: like, Oh no, it's not, sorry. It's not Tom dark. It's a Scott. Uh, it's a Scottie Eakin.
0: Okay. Yeah. I played this for a couple guys at work today. I was like, listen to these two songs, like these two comp songs. I was like, these are both perfect punk songs in like completely different ways, you know? And yeah, they are. So
1: so the one thing is in the early 90s, Dwid put out the Bowel CD, um, which was like a grindcore band that like me and Steve was in. And he tacked the Guns record that like never came out on the end of that CD. Cause like nope. the ball CD is like, what, like probably like 15 minutes long. And it's like, I have like 70 minutes to work with here. And he tacked that on. So that might've been that, that might've been one thing. And also on the, um, there's a song on the dark empire strikes back comp too, support that is also on there, which, you know um, so I think people have heard them, but I still think that not enough people heard
0: this well because it swung the other way too much and and i'm sure that people in cleveland will hate me for saying that because like i would want to be a completist of like all the bands from where i'm from you know yeah. like the false confession demo lp came out and it was stoked and it'll repeat like both their demos got put out on vinyl i was stoked yeah um you know or or when uh god what was that uh grand theft auto was at that, that label in the 90s that, like we just put out those insane cds with everything oh like, yeah yeah like you i mean
1: stuff. they're still doing it <laughs>
0: Yeah, but but that's what happened with the guns here because there was they got a proper repress sometime in the last 10 years. But yeah, smogvale like, smogvale
1: did the double LP. Like right. It's like we like, go ago. from like
0: a band where it's like, oh, you have two perfect like comp songs, and then it's like, oh now there's a double LP. And it's just like uh too much for me. Like yeah, I Yeah,
1: I, I think the sorry, I think the stuff that Dwid put on the end of that ball CD, because it's only like 10 songs, like I think if that came out, like, like, yes, I, I do agree. Like in being a completist and like that, what is it's the agnostic front raw unleashed where it's like right. the practice sessions for United blood, which I mean, I'll listen to that, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like put that on every day.
0: Well, and it's not the thing to hook people. No. If, if you're like, dude, the guns are so sick. You got to check this out. You don't give them like a double LP and be like, okay, sift through this.
1: No, but, <laughs> but yeah. But when this song comes up on the playlist,
0: yeah, you guys People are going to rage. You're going to yeah. slam in your living room, dude. It's going to happen. Um, okay, Rob, let's go to you for your number
3: three. All right. So my number three, I am going with uh, Lundgren Crucif- Crucifixion from Integrity. Um, that song, to me, is um, probably my favorite Integrity song, um, lyrically, musically um just the tempo change is so gnarly and that riff is heavy as fuck and there's something um that happens on there's a, a riff that happens uh with the bass actually where he noodles um this certain um chord and it always stuck with me and i and i was so blown away when I finally figured out how to do that as a bass player when I was a kid in the early 90s. And um, it's around 17 seconds into the song, 17 seconds, he does this like bass chord. And that like taught me the different things that you can do with the bass and not just kind of play long and sit in the background. And um, that this song is just so powerful to me. Um so this is like personally my favorite integrity song. So I don't know if this is ever every... whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Yes. Heard the ghost yeah. of integrity. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yes, yeah, so the second I, I feel that like there's a sabotage going on because every time I'm talking about my picks, some music lights up. So <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I um but yeah, that song. In particular, because, you know, when when this cassette was first coming out on Overkill Records, Ron Guard P, R.I.P, a singer from Brotherhood, he was down in San Diego with Undertow and he gave me a cassette single on Progression Records called Grace of the Unholy. And it had two tracks on it, Um, uh, Darkness and I think March of the Damned. Um, And I was blown away by it. And then he's like, oh, and I'm putting out the Integrity album. Um he's like, here, and he gave me an ad, uh, an advanced copy. And I was just, you know, I talked about it numerous times and everyone has their integrity story. But yeah, the album just, you know, blew my head off. I never heard anything like it um, from a hardcore band. And so, you know, when I got to this song and it got to that part in the song, I just remember just rewinding the cassette over and over and over to hear that bass line because it just... And even now when I hear it, it still gives me chills. Cause I think about when I was like 16, 17 years old, hearing that bass line and trying to figure it out over and over and finally getting it and being like, okay, like I understand. Um, maybe I was 18 at the time, but so yeah. anyway, that, this is uh, my, my number three and my favorite integrity song. So two things also,
1: about the song.
0: Oh, just real quick, Brian. Like, yeah, I love the, the song, like the, they're owning it now, like that they do those, ri- like the because they kind of do it in Misha. It's kind of the same, but here they are. It's like, dude, we're doing this, and they do it through like the rest of like the Melnick span of like just hitting like that tempo and like how those chords progress. They do it a lot, and it's always just a tad different, but it's like just inherently integrity.
1: I, I think on I think on this album it's more samey. I think this album is very as great as this album is, and you know, I, I, a, a lot of people, this is a lot of people's favorite integrity. Um, but like I think this album, as great as it is, as urgent as it is, as great as the songs are, I think the album overall is a little bit one note. It's a little co- aside from like it's cobbled together from like from like seven-inch songs. And Darkness and um, March the Dan from the Single. But like the rest of it, it's it, it, it is a little one note where it's like, it is kind of like all this kind of tempo and and a lot of like um, you know, like open E kind of kind of feel to it. Um, that's not to say it's not great, but I think that they they I think that they progressed much more on the 10 inch and on systems overload uh from this so like this is like a stepping stone uh, they're all great um, but I think that you know what you're what you're saying with that is really like, like they just kind of like ride on this and just like they have a pattern or a formula
3: yeah and the formula works I mean I think that yeah. that's you know and I think you know definitely like Zach you know said it earlier like oh I love when a band figures out a way to redo one note like, you know, we talked <laughs> yeah. about the, you know, Rise and Fall, right? L- the leeway yeah. intro, like that's one riff, but they figure out different ways to do it. And I, I, I don't know. And I guess it's just personal preference too, for me, that's how I, I love to manipulate one riff over and over and over and figure out how to make it interesting. And I think that's what they've done. I, even though I, I, I have to say the 10-inch personally is my favorite Integrity album or release, but this song... In particular is you know but yeah this album my number two um, um but, but yeah anyway
1: so well, so the, the two sorry dan the two things i was going to say is one this song does feature the line hooked lungs stolen breath cunt. uh you know i just want to get that out that's that's what which i was, was going to just a, say was right
3: now. Was, uh, was, was like a reissue version of this it's lost, album no, lost and found lost and found, oh, lost and found that's right yeah um, it was a reissued version of it. So. Yeah, But
1: the other thing I want to say is uh, for all of you people that like to listen to true crime podcasts, uh, you know, when you're not listening to 185 South 185 miles South, um, when you listen to your true crime podcast, look up Jeffrey Lundgren because this song is about these mass murders that happened outside of Cleveland in the late eighties. And it's a fucked up story. Uh, this guy thought he was God or Jesus or both and just started massacring people on his farm. Uh, don't want to ruin everything, but uh, yeah, check it out on. media. Just, 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 just look up Jeffrey Lundgren. I mean, I said he was a mass murderer. Uh, just look up Jeffrey Lundgren uh, and you'll go down a wormhole with it. If, if that's your thing.
2: Well, when you actually know who he is and stuff, you can see how, fucking great these lyrics are describing oh, yeah. it in a very poetic manner yeah just yeah the i mean the line that i i really love is the new crown beauty christian duty you know <laughs> like
1: um, yeah, this is a
3: great line mine
1: is my my favorite is actually uh neck restrained daughter endless slaughter that goes into <laughs> hook long stolen breath con. <inaudible> yeah
2: yeah so So brutal and it's what makes integrity integrity you know
0: yeah yeah all right let me take my number three and i am going old as well um i'm gonna take street where nobody lives by the pagans uh i love their whole catalog they've done a fair amount of of represses so you can find these things on vinyl but most of it's not on spotify it's just spot songs here and there um, but I was stoked cause this is my favorite song and it is on Spotify. So what makes this song so ill is like the bass is just walking and like the, there's like almost not a guitar riff. It's just like the guitar dude is kind of just playing a note or two, but like the bass is like going just doing a scale, but somehow it's like, it just comes off so ill. And then when the way that the singing comes in, He's got like a very, very cool rhythm pattern on top of it. It's like and it's like this all going on at once. It's like, oh my God, like what is this? Like craziness, but it's like still it's still so simple and straightforward and has like that great up tempo, mid-tempo punk beat. And then catchy chorus. What else do you need, dude? This is like another perfect punk song coming out of Cleveland. And uh I had to take it. Um and stoked they got it early, but I, I did have four pagan songs in case I needed one. I
1: was gonna say I'm <laughs> I'm shocked it took you this long to get to the pagans, knowing how much you love the pagans.
0: Uh, so yeah, I'm happy I for. You. Those first, yeah. I had to get Mean Street and Cold Blood, and now I'm like in the clear because like I got Mad Integrity songs, Mad Ringworm songs, Mad Pagan songs. So I'm styling now. Now this is all just fun, but uh, those first couple rounds were stressful. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, yeah, great band, great choice. Cool. Cool. Um, we'll see if they come up again. But Daniel, let's go to you for your number four. All
2: right, let me uh, get to the old list <sighs> Which do I take? Integrity, Hollow. This way we get a little bit of integrity and we get a little bit of Human Furnace. This song is incredible. <laughs> um, the way the bass sounds um, going into this song is so fucking amazing. I don't know what that pedal or tone that they have going into this, but it sounds almost like absolutely brutal and and evil, but also almost chime-ish, if you know what I mean. Uh, it just sounds so good. And then the song is blistering pace. Um, And, you know, a lot of times when someone does a guest spot on a hardcore song, it's like they have their, they are given a part, but here it's like, I do the verses, you do the chorus and it works so fucking well. Uh, I mean, I, Absolutely love it. And their voices together are unbelievable. The song is incredible.
0: Yeah. Also, this chorus is like subtly melodic. Yeah. You know, about about as like melodic feel-good notes as integrity gets. <laughs> I wouldn't say feel-good, but yes. It is though. Catchy. Catchy. I mean, <laughs> well, because they always go into like the dark melodies, but these are like, these are the nice notes.
1: Well, they're... There is like a um, there's like a backing, like quiet track, though, where it's like the vocals, like as James is singing, it's like spoken really quietly in the background, which kind of adds like the spooky. So it's like it it's like he's it does have a melodic feel to it, but there's also that creepiness with that with that spoken like backing track in there.
0: Well, and also his vocals are just shredded and that's what makes it such a special song. It's like having those human furnace vocals over like these nice chords. It's like, Oh, it's, it's just a nice dynamic.
3: Just like the end of that song too. It's like so triumphant. Like, it's just like, it's just like soldiers, like bashing through a wall or something. It's just so huge at the end of, of, of this song. I mean, yeah, it's I, I I love this song for so many reasons, but yeah, that ending is just so great. It
2: is, you're right, Rob, and I absolutely love just the way the the words
1: beyond your hopes, beyond your dreams are delivered. It's and then so- like with Dwid really? intersp with interspersed between yeah. between J- uh, James's parts. I think yeah. though, like when you think of the ten inch though, because obviously there's a song that starts the record that yeah. it is very epic but it's like the way that first song ends which i'm sure someone's gonna bring that song up eventually tonight but like the way that song ends and then it's just like that bass tone it's just like yeah. that buzzed out bass tone do 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 and then just like the song comes in and then like Dwid is just like singing like it's the end of the world yeah. and then Human Furnace comes in and he sings like it's the end of the world. So that song basically just sounds like the world ending. Like, just like, it's just like there. And, but, but that bass, like. It's so good. It um, sounds like almost like
2: tubular bells the way it sounds, but, but it, you know, it's a bass, but it has a otherworldly quality about it. You know, so
1: so I'm just curious as to how much because we we've talked about the bass tone or like just the tone on Integrity Records, and like how much of that is just recording at Mars.
3: I I, I, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, I think part of it is how they captured his tone, and then who knows what pedals he's using. I mean, I don't I don't know the guy. You know, met him once. You know, like yeah, so, so you know, but but it's like. And I wasn't going to be like, "Hey, what pedals do you use?" You know, but <laughs> but I think that, but but yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, I mean, to me, that's what is part of what makes integrity so great is these like bass breakdowns that just launch into a pummeling every time. It's so good. I, so, I would, um, and not to
2: not to blow smoke up up, Robs, butt, but the two bands in hardcore that do the bass cutout better than any other are integrity and unbroken so
1: um quick story about mars uh we recorded the um we recorded the in the red demo at mars and we get there and i'm setting up my i'm setting up my 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 um my gear and my bass head just dies And I'm like, what the fuck? So I like went to guitar center and just like bought a bass head that I was going to return like the next day. So basically I'm at Mars, like this great studio. And I have, I just have like an amp that I bought off the shelf and was just like, I have to record with it. And I was just like, I was just like that. I was such a bum out because if my amp would have worked, I would have just been like so much more psyched to be like, to just be the bill and be like, make my make me sound good. But here I am with like a brand new amp that I'm like trying to figure out. And I was that was like the one of the biggest disappointments of my life.
0: I wish you well, would have been like, well, you know, if you pay a hundred dollars, you can find this out. And you're like, all right, I got you, dude. You pay hundred <laughs> bucks. And then he <laughs> opens up a curtain and rolls out the integrity base rig.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, did when when Terra recorded the lowest and the low there, didn't they use some of the equipment that had been used by Integ in the past? Possibly.
0: Why well, I I, ask I think, questions that we can't answer?
2: I thought you had asked about that on the Todd
0: pod. Oh, I don't remember. Um, but I did want to say that Rob, you know, Beg would have asked that question. So sometimes you has gotta be like Beg. And yeah, ask, hey, he what
3: penalty did you use? So I'm a I'm a part-time punisher. <laughs> <laughs> bedge is a punisher we all know and love. Shout out a- the television
2: yeah. personalities.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, I, lo- I love you, Ben. <laughs> this is a great pick, um, Clevo. Let's go to you for your number fo- uh, number four.
1: All right, um, I'm gonna go go back to the face value well, uh, and I'm gonna take uh, the opening song on the Price of Maturity LP, "Men from the Boys."
3: Um, damn, damn good track.
1: Um, yeah, uh, I think overall this LP, you know. It kind of suffers from we recorded a seven inch, now we're recording an LP, and you know, I, I think the LP is a little hit or miss. Um, but this song fucking brings it. Um I think herba's vocals sound sound great. Urba's vocals sound great on the LP, but I think herba's herba's vocals sound great. On, on this song, uh, especially at the end. Like, I love the, you know, as the song ends, like the singer shouting and it's just like, he's like, we're nobody's boys! Like, at the end. Um, <laughs> um Erba, like, quick Erba story, Um, that um, Erba is like, he is literally one of the reasons that I love hardcore because I, I think that, um. There used to be this, um, the street that we all hung out on, um, this area in Cleveland called Coventry and, um, Erba was much more welcoming, I think, than, than a lot of the other guys who were, who were in bands, um, that, you know, like over time, you know, I became friendly with them because we just kind of all hung out at the same time. And, like every Friday night we'd be hanging out there and it was like, um, just like all the kids, like all the punks and all the hardcore kids would kind of just meet there if there wasn't a show. And we just kind of hang out and just like loiter um, every weekend. <laughs> and uh, there was a coffee shop there and like we would buy coffee and then like hang out. There were like steps out front and we would just like hang out and like everyone would be there. But um, Cleveland is, is a weird city. Um, there's the east side and there's the west side. And the east side is a little more affluent, which is where Coventry is on the east side. And then the West side is a little more working class and, um, Erba's from the West side. Um, he's from a suburb called Parma, which, you know, everyone kind of jokes about Parma. Parma is one of the largest suburbs in the country. Um, but it's very working class, um, very like Polish Catholic, working class and whatever. And, um, Erba worked at a pizza place on Coventry. Um, so you like, he wouldn't like, he wasn't hanging out as much, but like you would stop in and get a slice, talk to Erba or he would like come and hang out. But like when you saw him out, like when he wasn't working and whatever, he was really friendly. He was really welcoming. And, um, you know, he is probably the person who welcomed me into the scene more than anyone. Um, he's like the super nice guy. He has all the best stories. Um, you know, he's been around forever. um, and you know he's just like he is like a stand up dude um you know i i love the fact that like when people think that they like try to talk about the mysteriousness of cleveland if you ask erba about it he will he will straight up tell you the truth he will shut you down he will dispel rumors like he's just like he just tells it as it is but he's also like super nice guy super kind guy and like um it really like when i was like a young kid, like nosing around, like trying to like, you know, be part of the scene. He was one of the like welcoming people. And it was like, that like meant a lot to me. And he's, he's like great guy. And like when um, he joined face value or sorry, so he joined a band called the bag men and made them change their name. Um, they recorded the bag men demo, um, then the seven inch, then the LPs and whatever. But uh, you know, when he got in that band, like, you know, I was like so happy for him to like finally like have like a band that like people were into and like, like they, they were like a, a, a big band for a lot of people. Then,
2: Well, you'd t- talk about him like the d- d- dispelling rumors and whatever. I was kind of referencing that earlier and I was talking yeah. about, there's an interview he did on vice about Cleveland hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he goes, the, the nice Jewish boy who sang for, uh, Confront <laughs> then told that he was really hard by Dwid and he became this guy named Mean Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: that's the same, that's the same interview where he says that uh confront was offered revelation.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Into you know, the sonicness of this song, though, I think that this song does one of the things that face value does really well, which is his kind of like that that New York where the wild things are esque, like bounce tempo. Yeah. Um it's a great intro,
1: especially you know, the breakdown, the breakdown where it's like, um, like it's a very like poppy bass.
0: Yeah. They're, they're not afraid to take chances even on uh, like the seven inch. There's some really wild moments.
1: Um, I will say the thing that holds face value back is the drumming.
0: Yeah. Let's the, talk about that. So th- the this scissoring like, cheater beat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty whack. Like just the fast beat. Cause it's yeah. like backwards, the snares backwards and it's like really distracting and yeah. it's confusing too, because um I've listened to seven inch more than this LP. I, I've never really been a big fan of this LP, but he, the drumming on the seven inch, like the drummer does a lot of good stuff. Like he's actually a pretty good drummer. He just doesn't pull it together on the fast beat, which is like really confusing, you know, but at least on the, on the seven inch, like, the fast parts are kind of sparing. Like they're there to get you as like a transitional thing to the other parts, it's, but the it's, fast part is very frustrating.
1: It's funny that like he does like the breakdowns on the Toms and it sounds so good. And then like they go into a fast beat and it's just like, it's like cringe.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's rough. It's rough. Um,
3: Robert Daniel, do you, do you have anything to say on that? Yeah. I mean, great choice. I, I, I love <laughs> this song. Um, you know, obviously I love face value. They were my, my number one choice earlier. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you guys covered it. All. I don't want to keep pontificating on this. Cool. All right. Well, Rob, let's go to you for number four. Um, I'll keep the herba streak alive though. And I'm going to go Gordon Soli, motherfuckers, corporate jobbers, <laughs> that fucking chair shit. Uh, um, Uh, chair shop politics ep is so fucking great it is such a great like just blast blast beat thrash like it's so good and this song and like normally i'm not like big into like gimmicky bands but this shit is just too good like and you know i don't know it's it's really really good i'm i'm a Big fan of the Gordon Solie motherfucker record. Um, I I like everything they've done, but that that corporate jobber is just great. Being a wrestling fan, and just like a whole band about wrestling, and I don't know, just awesome. So yeah, there's one classic line
0: opinion. that always stands out to me. It's like sports entertainment. What a crock of piss Uh, wrestling. (laughs)
3: So
0: good.
1: It is so good. (laughs) I love that it's a
2: crock of piss and not shit. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because he had to rhyme with Memphis, dude.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, this band's great. I never got to see them live, but I've seen quite a few videos and yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah, I I uh, I, oh, sure.
1: I never saw I never saw any of his bands besides Face Value. Um unfortunately, I I missed like the whole um whatever um I forget the name of the club because I I wasn't living in, in Cleveland uh when it happened, but uh I missed the whole club where it was like uh, oh, speak in tongues. Uh, I missed the whole like speak in tongues scene where like you know, it was like fireworks and and like every show was a was a fucking experience
3: yeah i've seen so many crazy videos of like just like extravaganza like you were like monday night raw like it was just so wild yeah Um, yeah i wish i could have seen them live but uh yeah I, i love this band
0: yeah this is a band i wish i saw them too uh this is my favorite herba project but uh, unfortunately not on Spotify. So someone handle business and get it up there
2: because
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I'm glad you took it Rob. but uh, I didn't take anything because trying to have, let the people listen. Um, okay. For my number four, I'm going to take a ringworm track just cause uh, I got to. It's that good. I'm going to take Necropolis. Um, the reason is like this, It if I was going to like sum up ringworm for anyone of this era, I think that this song has everything. It has like a great intro and it's great songwriting because like the intro circle, like they circle back and end with the intro too, which is just good songwriting. But then like they do the full like Yolo scissor beat on the verse with like normal chords. But what's wild about the song is on the second verse, they like cut the chords and they go to like the single string like evil as fuck riff. Like it's so ill, like, Oh, first verse straight fucking hardcore rager. And then the second time we're just going to change it up a tad, do it on one string. So it sounds like super evil. And this song just sounds like it's going to fall apart the whole time, but it's just, they're there right in the pocket. This is what ringworm does the absolute best. And like these things that they're writing are, out of this world. So it's like, it's not slopo and they hit all the starts and stops. Like this song, like it cuts out and then it has like a little bass cut out back into like the, the breakdown. I don't know. It's just epic songwriting. It's a fucking perfect song. And uh, yeah. Ringworm necropolis from the pro the promise 1993. It's on my list. Um, but I think we've, we've said everything about ringworm so we can circle back to Dan for his number 5.
2: Okay, so I only have 3 picks left. And I've 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 bobbed and weaved pretty well and got lots of the songs that I wanted, you know. Obviously some core ones were taken early. I am going to go <laughs> Fuck it. Integrity vocal test.
1: <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
2: I, the balls on the band to do this and it come off as probably one of the strongest, like awesome hardcore songs ever, but just, you know, actually let's just start talking about the song, the way it goes that like coming from the the depths of Mordor, like, like <laughs> to start it, you know, like that almost mistral like re- reverse reverb that makes it like and then yeah. it, then the voice starts oh my god so fucking rad um and yeah like I say the the balls on the band to open a record with a song called vocal test where it's not like a musical intro it's just like I'm gonna fucking just scream through this song. And it's going to be revered as one of our best songs ever.
1: You know? Um, I'm just going to make a request for the playlist. Can we put vocal test before yes. Hollow? Yes, I was for going to Dan, say that, please. but I
2: was going to say that, but I was I was defending. I was you know being strategic because I didn't want Hollow to be taken. If I said vocal test, it would have triggered someone's memory to go, oh well, I'm going to take Hollow. So
1: uh,
2: I, I was strategic.
0: I, I- I, I think well, much like can we put a praxis right after that. I mean, or you know, <laughs>
3: yeah, just just fill out the whole ten inch. <laughs>
1: I feel like much like um, when you listen to like like for Ringworm, like not picking the demo version because I wanted to have numb into blind of faith. I feel like I can only hear Hollow if vocal test is before it. Yeah.
2: yeah. It will sound weird alone. Well, not weird. It'll still be. good.
1: like I, I I listen to music on shuffle mostly with my iPod or my, my you know my iPhone. Uh, I'm old. I I used to have an iPod. Um, like but I I listen to it on shuffle a lot. So like Hollow comes up and it's like this is still a great song. Also vocal test on its own. Also a great song. So yeah. like.
2: But when it ends on when you're listening to stuff on shuffle and you don't yeah. hear the bass intro to oh Hollow, you're
1: like, what? oh, bummer. And that's that's exactly what I said when we talked about when we talked about hollow when I was like when I was talking about the song that comes before it on the record. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. it's like the ending of that because just like it's just like he's just like giving everything with his voice. I mean, it's 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 a vocal song. Um, like, it, yeah. when this when the song ends, and,
2: you know, he's just screamed like himself yeah. into a stupor when the song ends, it's almost like the bass intro of hollow is like where he can just take a
1: big lung full of breath and get ready to go again. You know? Well, you know, we talked before about using the voice as an instrument. This is the best example of using your voice as an instrument.
0: True. Yeah. yeah I mean, they are. Set well, up like what actually,
2: are. actually Bobby McFerrin would have something to say about that.
1: Well, dude, <laughs> dude, Bobby McFerrin <laughs> <could> fight. Dwid. <laughs> Whoever wins, they get the title. I, yeah. I think, I think Dwayne could take Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> but
3: it, I, I think what, what was great too is seeing them around this time and, and then seeing them years later and when they would open their set with this song yeah, and just people would go fucking crazy. And it's just people screaming their fucking heads off as I, if like <laughs> everything ends tonight. Like, I mean, it, is the aside from rise and fall is like one of the best fucking intros ever. Like yeah, can, it is can, so fucking great. Agree. Can you imagine if a news crew was covering like oh what's
2: going on at the local venue, and then they just came in on this song and were filming and it's just a whole room full of people going, <laughs> like, <laughs> they would think it was a
3: lunatic asylum. It's like, yeah, because that's what you feel like. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It's so cathartic when you're just, you know. It, uh, yes. it's, it's primal scream therapy,
2: you know. Yeah. It really is
3: primal scream therapy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just to talk about this album, because three songs have been picked off it, like the first three, I I think that this is the most palatable integrity album. Like if you were going to play an album to someone to get them into integrity, this is the best starting point. Because the album's short, all the songs are good. Um, you know the f- the first two lps they are great and my favorite is the first one but they are kind of long you know and then this is just one like i think one time we were coming back from this bachelor party in ba and like we only this is like one of the two cds we have in the truck it's like a 4 hour drive we listened to it like 8 times in a row and that was only like 3 years ago like i've Included. listened to this like my whole adult life including all the it's, crank like, calls <laughs> no, that's a skipper. That's a skipper. But uh no, I mean this album is just so short, so palatable, and just perfect for integrity. You know, even if you have a, a different album that's your favorite, I think that like most people could agree like this is maybe the best entry point for people that haven't heard them before.
1: Um when this album came out um that week, like very right around then, I had gone with a friend of mine uh, who I met at Northeastern who was from Albany and we went to, we went to Albany. We were supposed to see killing time and 25 to life and um, one King down and killing time canceled and terror zone played. And the only thing I remember about terror zone is uh, they played like a bunch of Chromax covers. covers um, and Rick to life was there obviously cause 25 to life played. And he had a floor length Carolina blue triple fat goose jacket on shout out to Triple fat goose. <laughs> but uh, that weekend, we went to the record store and um, this had yeah, just okay. come out and I bought it on CD and <clears throat> we listened to the CD. We listened to the music on the CD the entire way from Albany back to Boston that weekend. Like, it's just like, it, it one, it was so new because like, Holy shit, vocal test. Like the first time hearing that was just crazy, but just like that, the whole, the whole 10 inch over and over. And we haven't even mentioned, you know, puss head art. Like, Yeah. Getting into that one,
0: yeah, yeah. Daniel, are you familiar with Terror Zone? No. Oh, do you, oh. so. Oh. It's, it's the uh, the bulldoze band right after bulldoze. Post bulldoze, Kev One. Yep. Respect. Yep, yep.
2: <laughs> you won't, you won't have me saying a bad thing. <laughs>
0: no, nope. You know how much I love bulldoze. I don't. Nice I thing. don't
2: want to catch nothing but one.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, they. They they played like three originals and like four ChromaX covers. It was great. I bet that was fucking hard as shit, <laughs> dude. At the QE two, I don't know if you've ever like QE two is like this club in Albany that's just like total dive. But there's a railing at the front of the stage, and like all the Albany locals like have like moves they do off of that railing. Uh,
2: is that is that the club where they have a kind of a green
1: roomish area upstairs? Um, I never played there, so I don't know.
0: Okay, and Daniel was playing place in Albany with green rooms. I think That's we right meanwhile, my band was playing the the vFw hall in in the adjacent Albany town that had 75 cent beers on tap Coz. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the town, but yeah, it was right next to Albany um okay, Cleveland, let's go to you for your number five <laughs> number five
2: He gave me the full the full name Cleveland.
0: <laughs> I know that's pretty funny. Um,
1: actually, it it has evolved from it did evolve from Cleveland. It revolved from Brian Cleveland to Cleveland to Clevo. So, I, yeah. I'll answer I'll answer to all of them. Um <laughs> uh I'm going to go with a bit of a weird left field pick here. Uh I'm going to take Outface, Abel's brother. Um I thought
2: ag- someone was going to take Outface.
1: And probably Again, probably the local this is uh again this is another one that's just like to me it's really important um it's probably not a popular pick i don't care um outface as a band um evolved quite a bit from uh they were like their first demo which uh they they pretty much disavowed their first demo is really like skate rock inspired um their second demo, which some of the songs from the second demo end up on this record, um, it takes more of a DC turn, and then by the time this record comes out, um, Charlie had already been playing. He played guitar in Quicksand on their first tour, um, so it has more of that post-hardcore quicksandy groove to it. Um, there are some, um, there are some like reggae parts, and there's horn parts on this record and everything. I mean, Rob, you probably have seen tons of these from your crisis records days
3: <laughs> yes i have
1: <laughs> um but uh this song itself abel's brother uh it's the it's the opener on the on the album and um it is it's 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 heavy it's got groove on um, the vocals um so derek uh went on after this to sing in sepultura um actually this band after outface this band went on you know charlie went on to be in civ and then uh and is now in judge and i believe he's in gorilla biscuits now yeah Um, yeah and then uh frank who played bass uh he played an integrity uh, second guitar in integrity for a while but uh he was in the band filter um hey man nice shot hey man nice shot um, and then Mark, the drummer, um, played drums on systems overload. Uh, so they all went on to like other stuff, but, uh, yeah, this um, I don't think that this is the best representation of this band, but I really just wanted to get out there and say something about them because, uh, you know, much like I said about Irva before, uh, Charlie was also someone who was like super welcoming into the scene and, um, you know, they were different from all the other stuff that was going on so like you know you had confront playing like this like straightforward youth crew style um die hard who became integrity um were playing you know the die hard was you know more more youth crew style morphed into metallic um you know you had face value doing their thing and then outface was like an outlier where they um you know they were just a they were just a little bit different, um, you know, so, but this was, this was just another band that we, you know, we, we all, we all supported and we all loved. And um, yeah, I, like I said, this is not the best representation of them as a band. And they also morphed quite a bit between their recordings. Cause there's quite a bit of time too. Like this doesn't come out till 92. Um, they were supposed to do another band, but then that just fell apart. And then, you know, Charlie, Charlie did CIV, and then Derek went to Brazil, and you know the rest is
0: history. They get ethered on uh, Wikipedia because it says stylistically their music varies between rock, metal, and punk with ska elements, not unlike the early works of Red Hot Chili Peppers. The worst. <laughs> oh
1: <Ooh>. yeah. <laughs> I uh, there's definitely not. Um... Yeah that that's that's yeah. terrible.
3: Yeah, I would say they're not that chili pep. I mean, I, I would, I would say they're kind of more like a cross between kind of living color meets something out of like DC, like King face or something, or, you know, there's, there's a little bit of, of, of funk reggae stuff going on, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they're an underrated band. I mean, they're super talented and, and, I I think it's a, it's a good choice. People should explore that band, you know, there Charlie is the only person I've met from that band and he's a a wonderful person. Um, And, but yeah, I I think that it's interesting when, you know, someone who was there and actually got to see them a bunch, like kind of talks about how they were viewed. Cause you always wonder, you, you know, to your point, you, know, you have all these different types of hardcore bands, like hardcore, hardcore bands going on. And you know, how do they fit into that? And it's cool to know that people actually were into it and supported them because you know they're a good band for sure.
1: Actually, one of the first like club shows I went to on my own was Outface when they were playing on their they were playing on their like their first demo um with like a bunch of just other local bands. Um and Yeah. They're just like, I think also it's like a time and place thing because like, you know, you figure like 88, 89, there's not a lot of bands. So if you're playing any sort of punk or any sort of hardcore, you're getting on shows together. It's not like now where it's like, I can put like, put like five, youth crew revival bands on a show and package that or like put like five like street punk bands on a show and package that it's like it's like oh these are these are what the bands are playing so it's like oh confront outface diehard playing a show together wasn't wasn't out of out of the ordinary you know so like yeah but they yeah there's no I wouldn't give them like much of a funk thing because like there's not like There's no like slapping going on. There's no like slapping the bass. Yeah, exactly. Um, But you know, there is some like Charlie's doing some shit. There's like some wah pedals in there, and like some some funky guitars, and there are horns, like on, excuse me, on some of the songs. But like on this song, which is not on the demo, this is only on the on the um, on the twelve inch. Um, This song is like straightforward. It's definitely got that like post eye against eye slash living color i think living color slash eye against eye is a good uh is a good thing king face is another another good one to 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 compare them to
2: do you know what's so funny in like a pre-internet world when you're you know being turned on to bands or or you're reading about bands or you're you know you're in deep in like the enemy or or spin or whatever you know when bands come along into your, you know, purview, like it's funny, like King face out and pig face <laughs> all kind of came into my consciousness around the same time. So it's so funny that like in my brain, they're all mixed up, <laughs> even though they have very different sounds, you know? Yeah. But that's, you know, like, What happens when you're, you know, reading about them? Then you go buy a tape at the warehouse or whatever.
1: (laughs) Um, like I said, this is another band that you know, no one's gonna buy a discography from this, like, it's not gonna sell, like, unfortunately. But, like, and again, they've disavowed their first demo. But I, I love their first demo, and I wish someone. Like if anyone's listening to this and has the first demo and wants to send me the fucking the MP3 tracks, I, I would be happy or put them on YouTube so I can listen to them because uh, I haven't heard that demo in years. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, I, I love this band.
0: So cool. Let's make <laughs> that 185 miracle happen. Let's get those MP3s to Clevo and uh, let's go to Rob for your number five.
3: Right number five. I'm I'm gonna keep my Herba streak alive, and I'm going for nine shocks, terror yeti smasher. Uh, uh-huh. Another another great Herba band. I mean, I, even though he didn't sing in this band, um, I believe he played bass, right? So yeah. Um. But yeah, it. Oh, this band is so good. Another, um, just ripping like thrash punk band. Um, Super great live! I got to see them one time, um, uh, and yeah, I, I love this band, um, and I, I just think I wish more people would go back and revisit this catalog. Hopefully, they do after hearing this podcast. Because if if you like, you know, bands like you know ragged SS and Life's Halt and that type of stuff, this is like right in line with that great thrash punk stuff, and um, the singers vocals are so good. I, I don't, I don't know the singer's name, um, the top of my head, um, or who he is, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, Steve, 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 Steve. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, great, great front man. Just wild, wild shows. Um, yeah. So that's my pick.
2: Yeah. Th- this, uh, band to me when I first heard them and, you know, they came, uh, to California. I thought they sounded like a sped up version of filth, you know, like super like ripping vocals like that. And, uh, amazing, like speed and presence and just chaotic, uh, version of filth.
0: This is one of the greatest song titles ever. Yeah. You know, and this album title, (laughs) you know, I mean, yeah. They got is it. Is this
1: is this a Zen in the art of beating your ass?
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. I mean,
1: yeah. Again, I I don't know. Like, I I I don't know how much Erba had to do with like like lyric lyrical content on this or like whatever. But yeah, like it, it's Erba. Like, what what else can you say?
3: Yeah. Yeah. His his footprints are all over it. You know, you can, you can tell. Yeah. It's a great, great band. And I hope, I hope they, uh, yeah, it'd be awesome if they ever do shows again or, or do anything like that, or if we can ever go to shows again, because if they do, I would love to see them play. All right. I'm going to
0: take my number five and I'm going to take the other gun song off that, uh, the new hope LP. Uh, this one is called locked inside and, yep. uh, Opposed to, like, the other one that's like, oh, they wrote, like, the perfect, like, late 70s Black Flag song. Like, this one is, like, they kind of do, they do the other punk formula, right? Where it's, like, the slow tempo, this catchy. Like, kind of like uh, that negative Approach song Evacuate. Kind of like that tempo on the beginning. But uh, it's kind of catchy in the way that, like, one of those longer suicidal tendencies songs would be, like, I saw your mommy or something like that. Although this song is only like a minute long, which is so great. So they have like, they hit on that tempo and then they do like this break part, which it was funny, Clevo. Cause when you said like, you can understand everything these guys say, yeah. I can understand everything they say, except for I have no idea what they're saying on those parts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it just goes blazing fast for like 10 seconds at the end, like just full fucking YOLO. And then hits like those break parts again. And then it's out. And it's just like, Oh my God, how did they write like the perfect, slow to fast hardcore song and like the perfect like mid-tempo punk song and they got like two songs you know like they just knocked both of them out of the park and i think i know my button yeah it's <laughs> so, fucking nailed it um so yeah i'm stoked to get this on and you know hopefully everyone checks out the playlist and, and like rob was saying you know more people get into night shock's terror hopefully people like discover the guns and uh you know, maybe, maybe someone will figure out, uh, you know, they'll listen to Devo for the first time. Who knows? All these so
1: on, on Spotify, there are two guns releases. There's the, the, like the huge discography. And then there's the, there's another one. That's only a couple songs. That was actually re-recorded recently. Um, so you want to make sure that you listen to listen to, um, when you listen to the tracks, um, they're on the, um, It's the discography uh, that was on Smugvale that came out recently. Um, It just has, it has that young, punky urgency. Um, You know, like you said that, you know, I'm Not Right has that, that black flaggy, you know, feel, but like the, the beginning of this song has that like creepy crawl vibe to it. You know, like you could just see like, like kids like getting on the dance floor with their uh, engineer boots and their spurs, like, like from, uh, uh, of Western civilization. Um, yeah, it's this band, this band is criminally underrated. Um, again, if they would have been from either coast, they would have been much more recognized. Um, you know, and instead of listening to like seven versions of the same song and like the outtakes and stuff, like if there would have just been like a straight up seven inch, you know, this would, this, this would be a record that would trade for tons of tons of dollars right now.
0: Right, because it's like the right time frame for that 83, 84. Like total sense to be a seven inch where because we've talked on the pod before about like why the pagans aren't as like well renowned as maybe they should be. And you know, that is because you know, they're a 77 band, they do a bunch of singles, but don't necessarily have like that classic LP to like point to is a possible possible reason why like they're not, you know, they're not looked at as like the dead boys or something, right? I mean, sonically, like I think it's is just as good,
1: but but the pagans are also, re- you know they're well recognized in that like killed by death scene where right. it's like because they put out those those crazy rare seven inches that like it, they're totally like record collector punk, but like they're great like there's there's plenty of those record collector bands that are great, but you know, they just like they just didn't you know get out there you know they're they're from Cleveland, and their their records didn't really get out there,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, Daniel, let's go to your number six. You got two left.
2: Okay. So this means I'm leaving. I'm leaving systems overload off because I'm going integrity, bringing it back. Now, this Mm. song is so fucking rad. The fact that it's a straight edge anthem. That sounds like it's not. Do you know what I mean? It's so murky and evil and dark and so hard. And you, you can tell because, I mean, there's a gorilla in the corner of the room that we're not discussing because they're horrible humans. <laughs> but um, One Life Crew, which sonically... um. That LP is absolutely fucking incredible, sonically. Obviously, content-wise, not the greatest, especially after that LP when they really revealed themselves to be disgusting humans. Um, But you can see that the confront have one life drug-free, then Integrity reference one life drug-free, and then one life becomes this, this kind of Cleveland crewishness that it's all based on on this, you know? Um, or my gathering of it is. Uh but let's just talk about one part of this song that is so incredibly important. A double <laughs> okay that and Side by side going Alex, Alex. Stig- are, are the two best call-outs for
1: a guitar. Um, 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 um come on Roger yelling out stigma, stigma, show some respect, put some re- put some respect in your in your voice. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> okay. I, I agreed. I, I was
2: number one. My, my enjoyment is Alex number one, a double number two, stigma number three. Ooh. so <sighs> Yeah, yeah, I that can make you feel as comfortable as you like, but, you know, my record collection reflects this. <laughs> um, but the A-double part, come on. How fucking sick is it? And then, like, all good straight-edge anthems of this era, they're not as <laughs> straightforward, like, youth crew This and Earth Crisis sing about demons and hellscapes and streets being smashed apart by lightning do you know what i mean it's like they go into the fantasy route which as a young edgeman used to just make me like if i x up right now i might be able to fly (laughs) so bringing it back by integrity what a fucking killer song, and I'm glad it's on my list. Yeah, and um, for,
0: like, how serious they become, like, this has got that line, the tree line, they, and to the survivors lost in the shadows of our tree. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah i i don't know so i don't know if that's referencing on the first outface demo there's a song called on the tree i don't know if that's referencing that um that might be just be conjecture on my part um one thing i love about the song is you can totally hear mean steve's voice in the backups like it told his voice like stands out like you can just you can pick his voice out from the backups so well That'll
0: yeah you really, you really can You really can if they were trying to own that band with that line, it's like we're going to own you with the worst line in the history of our band.
1: No, I think they might be like... I No, I think it's that's reverential. Homage. It's not homage. homage. I think it's I yeah. think it's reverential. Like, oh, okay, yeah.
3: okay. Alright,
0: sick.
1: I, and also but it's still so the
3: worst line in the song.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. The worst line in their catalog.
2: Yeah, but what about bringing it back? Wrapping that chain around their throats.
1: <laughs> That's fists of fucking fists of hard. truth. Yeah. I mean, there's there's actually a lot of lines in there that are uh, I'm skeptical about. Fists of truth. That whole like spoken word intro where it's- No, like, it's so sick. It's so it's sick. sick. But like, but did you ever yeah, it, like, actually listen to what he says? <laughs> fire, fire to the flame and the ash to the name, let him know it wasn't me. I love it. It's mystery. It's
2: vevo
3: <laughs> mystery. It's perfect. It, it, it's like an angry Pat DeBar. Like, like it's like its integrity is when there's silence. Like, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll. am uh,
1: on I'll, the '89 uh, tour. I'll. Uh, I'll take
3: that. Yeah. Yeah. See, they saw it on the '89 tour, right? They went through Cleveland. They probably saw it. And like, Dude, we need to have a fucking oh, word moment in our so, <laughs> it's gonna be like so, this. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know if we talked about this,
1: but dude, I did see Uniform Choice on the 89 tour and holy shit, they were so fucking good. Um
2: I believe um, it.
1: Which by the way, outface open that show, but uh that's well, neither here nor there. Uh,
2: going back to this and going back to whispering intros about flames <laughs> and whatnot, it's obvious Dwid's played D D, right? He must
3: have played D D. We up. actually talked about it and he never has. What? Liar. I don't know. I don't know. I just made that yeah, up. No. What's, your favorite, <laughs> What's your favorite Henry Rollins? What's your favorite Henry Rollins song? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, it's a great song, I mean, you know. But my favorite part about the Integrity Saga was this record comes out. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, this is great seven inch. Get that cause single, and then then those are you' tomorrow. And then I'm reading. Yeah, I love to read liner notes, and I'm reading the liner notes of those are tomorrow. It's like we drink beers and eat chicken wings at so and so's tavern. You're all yeah. fools for believing in us. And I was like, what the fuck is going
2: on? I know the the
3: ultimate rug pull. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then you kind of learn, like, well, that's integrity. It's it's you know part of the They're part heaters. of the magic they're
2: heels yeah. they're not oh, so good. my erba Herba, like does songs about wrestling you know and all right. of that but integrity are the actual heels like doing kayfabe <laughs> for real like you don't know what's the like is dude straight edge or not is he has he killed someone or not you know all of these things you like i love it what about especially pre-internet
1: what about when integrity like came back when it was like on the systems overload tour and Dwid shows up in like Jordans and camo shorts and a Duke jersey and like a bleached out pause top? Like yeah. and then oh, yeah. that, so and sick. that really like spreads the rumors like, oh, is Dwid straight edge again? Like blah, blah, blah Like <laughs> he had fucking <laughs> construction
2: gloves on in oh. that outfit, you know? Like it's just fucking going for it. And he- I'm loving every minute. <laughs>
0: that's great yeah shout out to uh al caltrans and uh clevo <laughs> let's go to you for your number six
1: so i'm gonna stay on the integrity train here because i'm shocked that it took me this long to get to integrity this is kind of a testament though to that band because they have so many songs that you could pick for this Yep. um but i'm gonna go to a record we haven't picked anything off of yet uh systems overload and i'm gonna pick jimson isolation um Truth be told, I would have picked the comp version of this, but since that's not on Spotify, we're going to go with uh with uh the systems overload version. Uh, you really, comp... you're really bedging it up right now. But no, but I think the comp version is so much better. Um, and again, I want I want people to be able to hear these. Um, not that they're going to vote for me, but uh, um, yeah, this is. Uh... Oh, I'm sure you'll be doing your
0: rallying. Cleveland, I think, aren't East you Coast one and one? Engine. Didn't you win the
1: Boston? No, I didn't win. You won.
0: Oh, hey. That's um you were really close though
2: clevo
1: yeah close 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 isn't winning um yeah, well, i was left
2: in the dust as usual
1: um <laughs> this song this is another song that you can definitely hear steve in the backups um yeah this is i i feel like this is um when that record came out um you know the comp this was on the comp and then it's on the lp because like i said like this lp kicks off with like a very typical integrity riff and then like the song just goes right into like an a double solo and then it's just like that song that first song is just like a whole solo and that kind of sets up the whole album there's some like mid tempo stuff on it too but like i just think that this song this song is more of a callback back to you know the the time like Um, those who fear tomorrow and like just sort of that era, it's kind of a callback. Um, yeah, I love the song. Um, you know, we brought up, we also brought up evacuate recently. Um, you know, on the comp, they do evacuate and this song is on the comp. So it's like, they kind of go hand in hand to me. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, again, a testament to a band that just like just kept putting out solid records, like again and again and again. Um, you know, and then like, you know, the Melnicks, or you know, a double at least, but you know, the brothers themselves have gone on to like do other bands. Like, like we, we we talk about a lot, like hardcore bands putting out like one LP and that's that's great. And bands that put out two LPs. Like, how many LPs have the Melnicks played on?
0: Yeah, a million. I mean, they did that inmates band that's really good too. That inmates rule.
1: Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, sure. I wasn't gonna bring them up, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad this album got represented. And uh Rob, let's go to you for your number six.
3: Um, well, I can bring up what was just brought up, but I'll I'll save it since I'm not from there and maybe Clevo's gonna pick them. But I'll I'll go back to Pagan's. Uh not now, no way. Um I I love this song. It it's like so You can hear, like, the bands that they were influenced from, from the UK, but then who they influenced here in the States. Um, I I think you you hear, like, you know, Mission of Burma and Husker Du, uh, like, kind of ran through this song. And, yeah, this is my favorite Pagan song. And uh, I hope people listen to the playlist and get to hear how fucking great this song is and how great this band is in general. But this song in particular is my, my personal favorite.
0: Yeah. I think we, we did this one on one of the side, a side B's. I think this is with the B side, I juvenile. Um, But yeah, this song, it goes, uh, it goes against a lot of the stuff that I like, like they really drag it out here at the end. But it's just a testament to how catchy of music they can write like I just don't want it to end like just keep singing it dude, give me another thirty seconds
3: you know, yeah so good yeah, so good. very well done yeah cool well,
0: let's see I'm gonna take my number six and it's time for me to take an integrity song and Daniel, if you give me permission i'm gonna I'm gonna do a little dance. And- I'm taking Descent <laughs> Into and Darkness. Um, I might like the version. I I wouldn't say that. I like the production on the LP more for Darkness, but I do love the way that Dwight sings on the the comp 7-inch version, like the way that he staggers it out a little bit more, and maybe he's got a little bit more range on that version. But with this long, like, clean channel intro of Descent Into and then Darkness, when it finally kicks with, like, the you know, coming in on the toms. And then this is, this is the greatest early integrity song, I think for like them writing an Epic, like the, the leads here are, they're like eighties, heavy metal, like great eighties, heavy metal level also. Right. Like this is not like a hardcore band doing a solo. That's pretty good. This is like, I don't know, in my head, it's like right up against Metallica, you know? Um, And just where they put them, And just the whole trajectory of this song is absolutely perfect, especially with the intro. So yeah, I had to take an integrity song. Finally, this is my favorite integrity of all time. So I'm pretty stoked that I got it at number six, but go ahead, Dan.
2: I was going to say it was, it was on my list as like on the cusp, but I knew it was going to get on there because I remember the side, a side B, you said this was your favorite in tag song. So so you
0: you do me a favor, bud and didn't pick it. Yeah. It.
2: I, I, yeah, I didn't screw you over. Um,
1: crazy question: Are there three versions of the song, or is the comp version the same as the cassette single? The cassette single version.
3: Well, I think it's the I'm same the youngest, version. Yeah, I'm I think the youngest. I think I
0: think
1: think it is too. Um, yeah, I, I, th- it's this is, this might be my. This is definitely like a top five integrity song for me. I I think that the, the cassette single, the single version of it, um, you know, that single really, I don't, I can't remember if I said this before, but that really like marked the shift from, from like being like a a metallic youth crew band sort of to like really like going for it. And that's like their turning point. I I love the song, whatever version of it. Um. Definitely one of my favorites. I love like this the, sounds like turning point. No, it's their turning
3: point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, they, they made the, they made their <laughs> fucking choice.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I also I love the um I love the um the bass slide where it just k- cuts out and the bass slide just goes down. That's like it's such yeah. a good part.
3: <laughs> That's, it's just interesting too, like we keep going back to how important the bass is on integrity songs. Like I mean, it's this is another example of that exactly what you just said that dude that break and that bass slide like out of nowhere like you're not expecting that normally you'd expect some scream or a drum fill or a guitar noodle but no you get this bass slide and it's yeah sick as fuck
2: and a chain is only as strong as his weakest link like oh, the way that line love delivered it. you know so so great so good. Is, right. that, is that a chain diss
3: or not? Hmm. Possibly, I don't know, but I, I just—it's crazy that this has literally just become the Integrity Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, well, there was a chance it was going this way, and uh, I mean, of course,
3: yeah. I mean, just
0: their catalog is so big, and they have so much great shit. That well, that's I- the yeah. thing.
2: When I was looking at it, and I was writing down Integrity song after Integrity song, I was like, "Is this a shithead thing to do?" Or am I being true to myself? And if I'm going to pick all the songs that come from an area, like these are the most important to me, you know? So I stayed true.
0: All right. Well, Daniel, let's enter to that heartbreaker round and uh, take your final pick.
2: Ooh, it's not going to be that much of a heartbreaker because, you know, I think I've exhausted the integrity thing at this point, so even though it's heartbreaking to leave so many integrity songs aside, I am going with One Chance by Committed off the Pride We Share 7-inch. This is, you know, could have made it into our Magnus Opus (laughs) 10-hour-long Youth Crew revival podcast (laughs) where we talk about everything, and I do believe we mention them, you know. But this song is so fucking rad, like, and the the thing that it's recorded so well and i don't know if it was recorded at mars or not i should have probably done a little research to see if something so positive and and alive uh could come out of mars sounding um, so you know so good
1: it may have been because because i feel like we had an in when we recorded the in the red demo yeah all right Well, I I really
2: love it. It's catchy. It's fucking two fingers pointing forwards, Sharpie on the back of the hand, and the uh, fast uh, breakdown. I always love an upbeat breakdown, as you well know. And this song does it really fucking great. Great band. I wish I'd seen them. I never got to see them. Um, I
0: had to see them several times. They came to the West Coast. They yeah, played. I know. I never I I didn't. Were you go, were you were you in the Navy still? I, I, I uh, was Were yeah. You? Um they have they, ca- they came
2: in they came in ninety eight, right?
0: Yeah, they came summer ninety eight, probably. Yeah. Um Yeah, and Discogs has a typo. It's the first song they have listed as one change, not one chance. Yeah. How about that? But yeah they were cool they're a killer um I like the 7 inch a lot you I know. love his
2: voice because it, it it sits in between capo ripoff and his own sound do you know what I mean like it's it's a nod to that but it's not full on like yo I'm you know doing a capo voice
0: he's going for unit pride dude
1: <laughs> he Which, I mean he definitely he dude it's CK1 and the golden pipes man they're great I, I I mean yeah he he's doing a capo he's doing an antidote he's doing a yeah he's doing a he's doing a Eric O, but um, but he's but he's
2: got his foot off the gas it's not pushing down on the gas pedal you know what I mean it's like it's there but it's not overt
0: it is it's a more monotone snarl it's really good yeah
2: his voice sounds great yeah that with all good youth crew sounding records, the backups are placed in the most perfect spots. Anyway, that's my final pick. I was gonna uh, go Gordon Soly, motherfuckers, Tears of a Clone, because yeah. you know, a it's an absolute ripper of a song. B I love the Smokey Robinson like nod <laughs> with the song title. But it's not on Spotify, so it was between committed and this, and maybe commit's not even on there. Um,
0: I don't think commit is on Spotify either.
2: Yeah. So, but I I went with this over that because um, I feel it needed to be mentioned.
1: Um, Do you think? Sorry. Do you think this suffered from like, like this could have been on a. A, a different label and possibly would have would would be out there more. Yeah, if this was on
2: indecision or bridge nine at the time, I think it would have done
1: way better because or um and, and that's the problem is like ninety eight, you know what you were like you were on victory, you were on Rev, you're on Equal yeah. Vision, or you were on, you know, whatever. Um, I think I think Punk Uprisings was loosely affiliated with Rev. I, you know, t- someone someone in the comments will tell me I'm wrong, so it's fine. Um, but like, I think they were loosely affiliated with Rev. Um,
3: I think yeah. they had distribution for them at the Rob time. Would,
1: but I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it would would be, Rob, you it, can tell me I'm wrong.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they were probably they probably went through like some sort of exclusive distribution deal through through rev at the time but i know they weren't like an imprint like a manufactured imprint as far as i'm aware
1: and also it's like this was put out in the u.s and the netherlands so it was on re- it, they were on reflections in 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 europe yeah well um, the, the thing is with this it, it
2: suffers also being on the back end of the era do you know what i mean
0: yeah it's never um, going to be like the terror fight floor punch era because those are earlier the yeah. question would be like if it came out on teamwork or if it came out on young blood in 98
2: yeah if it actually well, yeah
0: young blood's the
2: the reference like uh, you know bridge nine wasn't as recognized at that point and indecision was doing you know a lot more california based stuff uh young blood is the perfect vehicle for the seven inch if it had come out on it but
1: I remember, I remember when this came out, because this is like 98, like we played in Columbus on the 98 tour and, you know, Casey came out and I hung out with him for a bit there. And like, I don't know if he gave me the record then or whatever, but like, you know, 10 yard fights still had a good year or so in the band when this came out. So like it, 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 yeah, it's on the downside, but like in my eyes probably had two years left in them. And, you know, we had like a year left in us. I'm I'm just saying,
2: I'm I'm saying historically remembered.
1: Yeah, but Because it didn't
2: come, it didn't Kool-Aid man the wall down like floor punch and 10-yard fight and in my eyes did. but um, I
1: also I also feel like this probably should have gotten more recognition than it did. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It, it's know,
2: a like it's really solid seven inch, and it's got some really amazing songs. And this being my favorite of them.
1: This and the the demo too. Like I like I think I I think I I hate to be that guy, but I think I prefer the demo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, I did, I, I did it. I mean, I did a band with Casey and John, so like, I, I definitely love this stuff. So,
0: yeah, of course, yeah. I don't, I don't know, like, because would it? There's a lot of the Youngblood stuff isn't on Spotify either, and I think it's just a sign of the times. Like, there aren't that many bands of that genre that have like the lasting value to the mass population of people that still like hardcore. So, I think that. It really just is narrowed down to, you know, floor punch, the fight, seven inch and in my eyes, mostly, you know, like people aren't, people aren't seeing the praise of like rancor anymore. You know what I mean? Cause it's kind of lost to history. It's not on Spotify, you know, and not like easy to find. You're not finding it in bins anywhere. You know, same with this. It's like not digital and it's not easy to find the record.
2: Yeah there's gonna be there's gonna be a re re redone era some you know like how greg always talks about demo core like kids are finding like the most random like offshoot demo core like oh, this band was once done a, a breakdown practice, but all they did was record this one practice room song and then a, a band pops up that sounds just like that one random offshoot thing. There's going to be eventually like a Google Google demos, you know, like how you can find those obscure things by going to blog spots and whatnot. There's going to be a re-re-re-resurgence of like the Rancor Rain on the parade, committed. You know all those kind of things. At some
3: point, I mean, why would they go to like Google and blogs and things when they can go to 185 miles south to learn about what the latest and greatest? Come on, Daniel. Where's your commitment?
1: <laughs> I'm committed. Um, um, I know the the guy who used to post on the mullet board or one of the, one of the other, you know, myriad of of hardcore message boards. Mark G. He rips a lot of demos to youtube um so that it's he's actually like a vital resource he just has like a shitload of demos that he just like rips to youtube yeah um i love that which is which is great like you know because you never know when you want to like you know another shout out to john millen uh the sets you never know when you want to hear the set street demo like but it, it's yeah. on youtube thanks to mark g so you know Always that's a such a vital resource like back to mark g
0: someone just needs to curate all that stuff you know like um, there's been a fair amount of labels that have re-released things. And I think that some of this stuff, if one label grabbed it and put it all in like the same spot, even if it's like a digital type place, like there's a, there's a small market of us freaks out there that want this stuff.
1: Of course. Um,
0: but yeah. Okay. Let's go to you, Clevo, for your seventh and last pick.
1: All right. So I'm definitely leaving a bunch of stuff on the table, but I just want to, I want to give a shout out to Jim Kanya, RIP. Um, I'm going to pick a gimmicky record uh this is satanic threat uh and the song is he's on the cross um if you're not if you're not familiar with it um it I'm is not. so this yeah. is this is uh dudes from nunslaughter and i think sean philly um doing a minor threat influenced satanic hardcore record um that was awesome Um, It sounds more like Uniform Choice because the vocals sound like Dubar Um, but I'm just going to read off some song titles here Uh, Guilty of Hating Christ (laughs) Um, He's on the Cross Uh, Small God Big Cross Uh, Satanic Threat I Ain't Gonna Worship Um. (laughs) Dude it is it's it is a gimmick record, and, you know, I, for one, am not for gimmick records, but it's so well done, and it's like, um, and Jim Kanye, it was a fixture in the Cleveland scene, um, he was in Nunslaughter, uh, amongst other bands, uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, um, and it was a really big blow to a lot of people that knew him um but yeah so he's on the cross satanic threat if you if you look it up the cover looks like um out of step but uh instead of the black sheep it's a black goat running away oh Um, of
2: course it is do you you want to live to live deliciously
1: yes wood wood style um yeah um it's you know i probably don't spin it a lot but uh What I do it, it it is again, the songs are, the songs are good. Like I said, it sounds more like Dubar singing than Ian McKay. Um, but, uh, yeah, check it out. It, 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 it's great for what it is and it's a gimmick and whatever, but also like
0: shout out to Jim Kanye. Hell yeah. Okay, Rob, let's go to you for your number
3: seven. My number seven, um, number seven, I I was going to go with, uh, With inmates because, you know, because they're great (laughs) because they're they're fucking great. But I just mentioned them. So they got a couple mentions. So we'll we'll keep them as honorable mention. But I I really want this integrity song to get mentioned because I think it's (laughs) (laughs) I think it's highly underrated. It, it appears on a million different fucking comps now, but back in the day, it was only on the Mayday split seven inch, uh, and that's Kingdom of Heaven. So that song starts out so fucking dark and kind of has that slow, prodding integrity style. And then it just ramps up into this fucking sick riff and great vocals, like great guitar work, just all of it. It's such a great song. And I hope, you know, people kind of go back and revisit that song because when I got that Mayday split seven inch, it blew me away I, both sides of it. Both bands are great, but that kingdom of heaven song, um, is one of my, one of my top three, top five, uh, integrity songs for sure.
2: So good. Such well, a, yeah. such a, such a sinister song. You know,
0: yeah, that's yeah, a perfect description. <laughs> yeah. And just glad that uh integrity got mentioned on the spot.
3: <laughs> I didn't I didn't think they would, but I would I did Daniel. Did Daniel only pick integrity songs?
0: <laughs> integrity plus Devo. Oh yeah. And committed and committed. Yep. Respect. All right. It
2: was going to be just integrity plus Devo, but I, uh, uh, you know.
0: I hey, thought, if you want that shout out on sports center. You got to pick committed. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. I'm going to take a dead boys song and I got three to choose from. So
2: list them all and then tell us which one you choose it.
0: Okay. Well, all this and more or not anymore. I love, they're the two ballads and I, I, I love this LP. It's one of my favorite LPs ever. And I think it's so bold that like the second song on the record right after Sonic reducer, which is like, a total rager song they go to like a ballad um you know and just like the way they like they build up to like that i'm just a dead boy chorus is so ill in all this and more and then not anymore oh my god dude the uh like that chorus like the i don't care don't push me away you can't hurt me anymore it's like oh my god and then that lead they do when they're they're doing like the single string like open chord, and then they do like a very simple lead over the top of it in between the verses. It's like one of my favorite things ever, but I'm going to go raging and take ain't nothing to do. Um Maybe just, it's just a uptempo dead boy song. And it's got like one of the illest lines ever. Like that part It's on, I don't know if it's a bridge or a chorus. The song is kind of unconventional. There's not like a big chorus in there, but like when there's those bridge parts, I mean, it's like, Maybe I'll beat up the next hippie I see. Maybe I'll beat up you. It's like, oh, it's just so ill. Um, I don't know. It just kind of gives like that that vibe that they give off on so many of their songs. It's like, I don't give a fuck, you know? Like, it's perfect 77 punk, you know? And so, yeah, I'm going to take that. Ain't nothing to do. Dead Boys off uh first LP. Well, and. Shut uh, up.
2: Shout out to Cheetah Chrome being one of the wildest looking humans on the planet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, Dana, you want to go to your honorable mentions?
2: Um. Okay.
0: So integrity. (laughs) Okay. Well, Clevo, how about your honorable mentions?
1: Um. So yeah, the inmates. The inmates definitely. Um. I was gonna. I. I had cement shoes. Um. One of the things about the records. Um is there's definitely some like skits slash, you know, like extraneous stuff put on the record, but the songs speak for themselves. Um, you know, a lot of stuff that's just not really available or not well known. Um, a band called the dark who, uh, you know, were kind of, uh, again, around the same time as, uh, the guns, um, are on a lot of the same comps that the guns are on. Um, they have more of a, like a Rick Agnew slash TSOL vibe. Um, but, uh, they were another another great band that sort of predated me that uh you know morphed into other bands um you know so some demo core bands that i love like false hope hyper's hell um civil disobedience domestic crisis bands that just like no one knows because you know the demo core bands um you know we we talked a shitload about integrity and ringworm um you know um some other bands um apartment 213 um if you want to talk about like straight up grind um they had a split they did have a split they also had um a seven inch that dwind put out on dark empire that starts out with a phone call that uh it's like again like pranky skiddy kind of stuff but like the phone call at the beginning of the apartment 213 seven inch is fucking ridiculously incredible um you know confront um, I wish there was more out there that we could listen to.
3: All right. Any other honorable
0: mentions out there? I
3: I, I had inmates as well, and and I had some other nine shocks and and Gordon Soley stuff as well. And obviously all the integrity songs um, in the world to add to honorable mention. The uh, 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 the,
1: the, uh, the Gordon Soli song where he does the he he mocks the um the Warzone skit and he's like, I'm
3: I'm oh going my get, god. I'm going to get the, get the, get the Gordon girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so I, w- I would say um, my honorable mention is the one hour and 10 minute Psy Warfare set that <laughs> when there was no ins and outs at the showcase theater <laughs> of just sheer bumming people out to the to the infinity of just playing noise at deafening levels, screaming through a megaphone into a microphone, and people couldn't leave, and they're waiting for integrity to go on. Was was like was man <laughs> on the genius. moon and the
1: psy <laughs> warfare was ahead of their time because if they would have waited, like they could they could have made memes and been insane, Johnny. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, I
2: I just, I mean, I was tortured and everyone else there was tortured, but I'm going to have to, you know, give it up in hindsight of the, of the torture and punishment that they brought upon the crowd. So respect for that.
0: I had three songs off the face value, seven inch, uh, what it meant holding the grudge and nothing to prove that unfortunately didn't get on the list. And I had a final plan song, the one 2001, that breakdown at the end, that da 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 so good.
1: So is that Casey' final plan or? Yeah, it's a seven was-
0: inch. It's with Casey singing. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, I think that this was a nice long Cleveland episode. We went over two and a half hours, I believe. Um. So yeah. Anything else to wrap on, Daniel? Other than cy warfare. Um.
2: No, I just want to say I. I love talking hardcore with you guys and talking hardcore with the listeners.
0: Yeah, man, this is a great city to do because like, you know, from the dead boys to integrity, they're hitting like the apex in lots of different spots, just a diverse place for music where, uh, over many decades, amazing stuff came out of there.
2: I will admit in this wrap up, that I need to listen to the pagans a lot more because I'm not as familiar, and I should. So
1: good, so good. Um, I, I think that one thing can definitely be told from from the playlists w- when when we see them. Um, you know, one either either we don't know what's going on or it's just not out there. But like, you know, Cleveland didn't end with. I'm trying to think of what the newest thing on there. And it might've been the satanic threat record, but you know, Cleveland didn't end with that. And I'm sure that there's stuff happening in Cleveland that we just didn't get to. So, um, someone should put that in the comments. So we, we should first stuff for us to check out because I feel like we definitely, we definitely have a niche that we talked about tonight and the niche we talked about was great, but I'm sure that there's way more out there that we're missing.
0: It's hard with seven songs, but it's also hard listening to any podcast. that goes over two hours. So True. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, Rad. I think everyone did a great job, and everyone check out the uh, the playlist for the episode that is up now. And Daniel will be posting on Instagram this week, uh, so you can decide whose list is the best, and maybe maybe vote for Daniel. He's getting a little sensitive. About no, no,
2: I'm am j- just kidding. I I threw. Uh, I, I I don't care if anyone votes for me or not. I just like I like playing and playing up the uh the wrestling vibes of of calling out my competitors for politicking too much.
0: Daniel tries to be well, while
2: kid. while while I'm politicking and voting with other Instagram handles.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say. Most of his votes came from his other Instagram handles.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, and uh, we'll wrap it up.
4: A double! <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right.